Hello and welcome once again to Aaron and Patricia. My name is Aaron. My name is Patricia. And you join us on the 28th, sorry, 26th of June of 2022. Uh, coming up on the show, we're going to be, uh, the animation industry is reacting to the Roe versus Wade being overturned by the US Supreme Court. We're going to give you a preview of the next set of Pix minis, as well as the Pix Mix episode of Lightyear. Yeah. Turning Red is uh, the Hollywood Reporter's critics uh, list of, uh, of the best 10 movies of 2022 so far, but it's the only animated film on the list. Uh, we're going to be giving you our post Post thoughts of Amphibia Season 3B. Yeah. Uh, Tarakowski is in to deal with Cartoon Network Studios and uh, Warner Brothers Animation. Uh, there is a preview of the new installation of Are You Afraid of the Dark called Ghost Island. And we're going to be talking about the teaser trailer in just a bit. Chris Brass has described his Mario voice as unlike anything you ever heard in the Mario world. A new CG Caillou is being reanimated by Wild Brain and Peacock. That's right, everyone. <laughs> Everybody's favorite four-year-old <laughs> is back. Uh, there's rumors going around that there's going to be another Nintendo Direct featuring on third-party support. We're going to tell you about that, too. Uh, the release of Sonic Origins has gotten some people disappointed, especially with a music change from a particular uh, third installment of the Blue Hedgehog. We'll talk about more about that in a moment. There's potentially six more Neo Geo Pocket games coming to Nintendo Switch. And, of course, the most successful in television console ever that has not been released yet, apparently, is going through some significant troubles with in television getting a significant reduction in staff and the amigo is getting some major woes yeah uh so you're listening to aaron and patricia on the 26th of june of 2022 Patricia, do you want to tell everybody what's going on on the Old School Lane podcast? Yeah, so uh, I just posted up the episode discussions. Look at Aaron- the microphone. Oh, yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I just discussed about um, the uh, episode discussions of Aaron and Patricia that we posted up on the YouTube channel. So, uh, for those who don't know, uh, we discussed about uh, the episodes of Amphibia, the last episodes of Season 3B, and we just posted it up on YouTube. For the first time, in honor of the last episodes of Amphibia being posted up on Disney Plus, so we're going to be talking more about that as we give our post thoughts. Cool. And as well as the Aaron Meta show, um, we're basically still uh, trying to keep Studio One going at the moment, and uh, so it seems to be going well so far. And uh, you know, we've had the uh, occasional hiccup, but uh, nothing we can't uh, remedy. So, yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, uh, you won't see the, the the tape and the the strings holding this whole thing together. <laughs> <laughs> so you're you're perfectly fine. And all the pieces of chewing gum as well. <laughs> <laughs> and paper clips. Yeah. Okay. Our top story. Uh, the U.S. Supreme Court has overturned Roe versus Wade. Uh, yep. That uh, was guaranteeing uh, women a right to an abortion. And uh, so now trigger laws have already come into place in many red states. And now abortion is going to be illegal within the next couple of days. Yes. And so um, the animation industry is in uproar over this because, as we all know, there's uh, many um, people who have actually opened up about uh, having an abortion. Yes, and so, they have. You know, Olivia Hack's been one of them. And, uh, you know, uh, there's been various other people across the industry who have also, um, you know, had uh, rights to reproductive care. Yeah. And so, I mean, this is uh, going to be uh, upsetting people for a very long time, I think. And, Absolutely, uh, it's, yeah. Um 
I mean, it was one. I mean, it's kind of nothing to. So you will say it's nothing to kind of do with like what we're talking about. But when it affects so many people that we talk about here on this show, it's uh, kind of hard to kind of not discuss it. And it's, it's funny as well because like uh, you know, me and Patricia, we actually consider ourselves pro-life. But uh, at the same time, that's okay for me and her. But it's not necessarily okay for everybody else who exactly, are in a completely yeah. different situation from we are. So right. I mean, like, so we're not jumping up and down about this decision by any stretch of the imagination. We're going down a very dark path i think in regards to the u.s supreme court yeah uh, because you know if this is not um if if the the right to women to seek reproductive health care is not secured i mean it's a, a very worrying thing roe v wade uh protected a lot of uh, privacy legislation you know like what privacy in the bedroom privacy in uh, you know various other spaces so this and also there's uh, uh on top of that they also um wrote in uh, an opinion uh, i believe it was clarence thomas who is uh, you know not a very popular uh, member no. of the Supreme Court. Court. He's also written in, I believe, that you know other, you know, whether it's same-sex marriage or whether other things that like happened within the last, you know, the last progressive policies that have happened in the last, you know, fifty years should also be looked at too. Yeah, which I think is a disgrace. It absolutely but, yes. Yeah. So like um. So, I mean, also, uh, uh, I don't know if you saw Michelle Mamash's uh, 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 tweets recently. Um, I have uh, not, actually. Yeah, uh, so but I, I guess Maurice for the... Louise Mamash chimed in says, I was one of the centrist idiots who tried to reassure a much more liberal wife after the th- last two Trump uh, uh, yes, Supreme Court appointments that Roe v. Wade was settled law, uh, that it was never going to be overturned, despite, despite them. I stand humbled and ashamed and frightened. Oof. Yeah. So, uh, for those who are listening in and probably don't remember where Roe versus Wade came to be, so uh, someone who was named Norma Creary, or she was known as Jane Doe to keep her identity a secret. So, she was living in Texas and she had become pregnant with her third child, and she, uh, you know, due to various circumstances, she wasn't able to take care of the child. And so, she wanted to have an abortion, but Texas it's illegal to have an abortion unless it's like in dire circumstances. So uh, basically, you know, they took the the press issues over to court and then they deemed that the Texas abortion laws were very unconstitutional. And so they worked up to the, um, the, the hearing that, you know, women should have the right to get an abortion. And it was eventually passed. And even still to this day, it was like incredibly controversial. It's one of the most controversial... Um, you know, laws that we've ever had. And now, after almost 50 years, it's completely gone. Now it's illegal again. And there's a lot of people who are not happy about it. There's a lot of, um, you know, um, buildings and that uh, helps with abortion. Planned Parenthood is in severe jeopardy at the moment. And, you know, lo- local clinics that are able to uh, help. Uh, by the way, Planned Parenthood is not just some place where you get an abortion. It's where people basically see contraceptives and so see, you know, sexual health services as well. Right. Like, you know, it's like, it's not just where, you know, um, in their world, babies go to die like you know it's like, <laughs> no it's, no of course if, not. if anything it's uh it's it's a, it's a it's a place where you know women can you know talk openly about their sexual health and even men too right but, you know it's like so it's like it's uh, i mean they, they don't really realize that i think the havoc that they're actually wreaking i think by by doing this absolutely and not. yeah so i mean tara strong's actually chimed in a bit this as well have you seen this tweet no i have not okay women will die children will die republicans are the assholes voting against safer gun laws republicans overturned roe versus raid uh Voting against safe abortions. Vote Republican. Blood on your hands. Every innocent who dies from gun violence. Every sacred girl trying to save her life. She's Ooh. she's not holding back. 
Yeah, yeah. Zara Strong's pretty, you know, pretty strong, you know. Um, yeah, she's, of the she's yeah, she's always been community. very strong when it comes to these discussions. Yeah, I, I I've seen a lot of people who have been posting up saying like, uh, you know, oh, is abortion scaring you? Is abortion frightening you? Well, why don't you just ignore it? I mean, apparently you ignore all the people who die from gun violence. Yeah, exactly. So, um, again, like uh, this is inter this is erupting, and also uh, on top of that as well, uh, the Walt Disney Company has actually come out and said that uh, they will actually now with their employees and keep this in mind i mean they've said that if uh, women are seeking reproductive care that they will now start funding to actually do yeah, that yeah, which yeah. i think you know in a way i think is a good move but at the same time i think it's a bit i don't think it's as meaning i think as well people would like it to be because i mean keep this in mind i mean america's going through a situation right now where people they just can't fill job vacancies you know like you know there's been shortages in like places like amazon amazon actually running out of workers yeah. So, I, oh really? Amazon running out of workers? I uh, maybe it's because they don't treat their workers properly. Probably not. No, but uh, I mean, in regards to you know these uh, moves that corporate America are currently doing to uh, you know protect you know reproductive healthcare. I mean, the only reason they're basically doing it is because they don't want to lose these employees. Because right. a, lot, a lot of women who end up being pregnant, you know, for unwanted pregnancies, end up leaving the workforce, and and, yeah. and, that, and that's something that scares companies because they don't you know they're already having a problem like recruiting some of these people already, and they don't want to lose all the people that are currently there now. Right, and so. I, I'm. I'm I'm sure that it's a lot different here in the UK than in the US, but when a, when a, somebody is pregnant, they're not able to just, um, you know, oh, I'm going to drop off for like six months and I'll still get paid. It's like, no, of course not. Yeah, they, you'll you'll they, give they, birth they, to the they, child, they, you'll get a few weeks, and then you have to go back to work immediately. Exactly. Because, you know, like, so, and also, like, you have to take, I mean, you have to negotiate extended leave with your employer yes. if you want to take care of your child at right. the very, very, very first beginning of that. Either that, you know, like, and by the way, they're not obliged to. They can no. tell you to go back to work the minute you've actually given birth. Exactly. Yeah. They, they, they just don't care. They, it's, it's all about making the money for them. It's like, okay, so, you know, congratulations. You gave birth but we need you at 8 a.m sharp tomorrow morning i yeah, know it's just and also on top of that as well women uh, child mortality rates in the in, in the united states are by five times higher than anywhere else in the in the developed world oh you you saw the chart didn't you yeah i saw the chart Oof. yeah I, re, I, I retweeted the chart I'm sure i know there, yeah <laughs> exactly it's like this is um the, this is serious what's going on right now but it's not just going to be stopping at that i mean same-sex marriage is also on the uh, on this as well like you know uh, the Justice Thomas stopped short of interracial marriage being also, uh, you know, something that uh, you know states could also consider on as well. Gee, I wonder why. Like the, the, these people, live, unless they have lived experiences and you know don't have a third eye to these things, they are just blind to yeah, what's going on. They in, you they know, are absolutely them. blind to what's going on. They're not seeing that hey, the world is changing around them. They just want things to go back to the way they were. But guess what? Sometimes the way things were were not very good. Yeah, exactly. Like I mean, it's just it's a. Uh, um, uh, you know, it's funny, like, you know, it's funny you're saying that because, you know, obviously we're two people who lived in the 90s and, you know, we still, you know, have nostalgia over the 90s, but at the same time, we don't want things to go back to the 90s. Oh, like, absolutely you know, not. I mean, like, you know, yeah, there's some things, things that are pretty bad about social media and the internet now, but, you know, we don't want to write it back all the way to dial up internet and like things like that. <laughs> Like, you know, I, you know, I don't want to be, uh, you know, I like the Nintendo Switch. I don't want to be playing a Tiger Electronics if I want to be able to have handheld on the go that's cheap. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, like, it's just, it's, uh, you know, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I love the Super Nintendo and I, 
style of the Game Boy, but yeah. you know, a lot of the modern consoles have also given us some classic. I mean, Halo's you know a, a great franchise. Yeah. You know, Gears of War's a great franchise, and they didn't come from the nineties. Exactly, like, and you know, I'm also a huge fan of like God of War and the Uncharted games and Ratchet and Clank, and you know, those those didn't come out in the nineties. Exactly, yeah. So this whole thing, I think, is crazy. Like you know, this yeah. whole attitude that's you know that we you know the, the conservatives want to go back to like this mythical nineteen fifties. But you know, here's the thing about this: if we were back in the nineteen fifties, people will actually have you know. Uh, better paid jobs, you know, their bosses wouldn't be living, like, you know, in um, big mansions, like, you know, uh, that, you know, to tens of miles away, like, you know, they basically be living next door or, like, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, they'd be, you know, there's this idea that in 1950, like, you know, everyone was, uh, you know, working, like, small little, uh, you know, little paid jobs and that, you know, there was, like, you know, billionaires and trillionaires, you know, lit, you know, uh, around the place, you know, uh, having so much power. Yeah. Like, that just didn't exist. Yeah, I, I mean, can you imagine that 1% of the richest person in the world makes more money than 50% of people in the entire world. That, that didn't happen in the, in the 1950. Well, hey, at least they're giving you your, your, your reproductive health care. I'm all right. You know, like, you know, it's just, it's, uh, yeah, it's just. Also, you know, um, the, the one also worst thing that came out of this, and I'm sorry we're getting over political about this, but so did you see what happened the minute Roe v. Wade got overturned? The, the the Democrats put out a tweet, sorry, put out a text that everyone say, please donate fifteen dollars so uh, that uh, you know you can you know support the Democrats in the midterms. Oh you know, like God. you know the, the 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 party that basically are not doing who are you know have got the House, I believe, just not the Senate, but uh, they got the presidency as well. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, through this whole thing, have chosen not to do anything. One thing they could have done was pack the Supreme Court, you know, with uh, more, you know, with other justices in there, and you know, stop some of this stuff that's happening. They could easily have done that, sure. But uh, they chose not to because, you know, their Democrats can't govern. You know, like uh, it's pretty much something that you know the Simpsons have even oh, joked yeah, about. Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, the yeah. Simpsons said that uh, you know, vote Democrats, we can't do anything, or you know, vote Republicans, we're evil. Yeah, like you know, I mean, there's going to be some people watching this. Is like, oh, why would you not vote Democrats to keep like keep the Republicans out? Because the, the Democrats don't do anything. That's the, the, the this has been a joke that's been going on since the '90s. You know, like you remember like when Bill Clinton was like on on cartoon shows, just playing his saxophone and not really doing anything. It was they <laughs> were portrayed in the intro of the Animaniacs. Animaniacs. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, like, uh, I mean, uh, this is something that you, you and I have been aware of for a very, very long time. That right. Democrats are do nothings. So that really, you know, uh, this is a problem with not, not just uh, you know politics in America, but problems in politics in the UK as well. There's two big parties that one wants to basically just wreak havoc and do absolute, you know, uh, stupidity, you know, uh, le left, right, and center. And then there's another party that basically just says, well, we'll keep the stupidity, but we just won't do any more of it. And if of anything, course. if it happens, like you know, uh oh, spaghettios, you know, like it's just this. <laughs> Right. I know, like, it's just, it's, uh, a lot of, I feel a lot of young people listening to this show, I mean, would feel like, they do feel pretty helpless uh, yeah. at this point. And I, yeah, this will be the point where I'd say, well, you know, get involved in the democratic process, you know, um, you know, go, go and protest, go and support, you know, causes and things like that, you know, get involved, you know, right. don't just, don't just sit on the sofa and tweet about how awful things are, you know, this is the point where you basically have to organize and get things done. Look at these uh, strikes that are currently going on right now by unions, you know, to try and get better pay and get better conditions and things like that. Yeah. That's happening now you know like unless you have some kind of like you know disruptive organization like that and uh, you know you're going to be able to get people to uh, sit, sit up and listen to you then i mean no one's going to listen to your twitter account which has 30 followers on it i'm, I'm mm. sorry you know like uh, it's just it's uh, this is the moment where young people if they really want uh, a good future they're, they're gonna have to basically grasp onto it and uh, you know fight for it you know regardless yeah. of how hard it's gonna be 
you know? It, it is going to be very difficult, but... I mean, if, I can understand why some people would feel completely helpless with it because it's like, you and know, I don't all the blame pe- them. Yeah, all the people that, um, you know, say one thing and they're against it, they're overwhelming. Their voices are much louder and they feel like I won't be able to make a difference. Yeah. And by the way, uh, to, show how, to put a cherry on the top of the cake of how awful this is, that uh, the Supreme Court also knocked down the uh, the gun control legislation. So now apparently, like, open carry now, I think, is now like a nationwide thing or something like that. I yeah, think, uh, I've, I've heard about that, so, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. But, I mean, um, we bring this up because, you know, um, the, uh, the the community that we you know we, we cater to in regards to Aaron and Patricia, they're talking about this as well. Yeah. Like, this is, you know, we're not, you know, you'll notice that we've been spending the last, you know, uh, 15 minutes talking about this is such a serious problem that we've got right now that's it kind of oversees a lot of all the other stuff we're going to talk about on the show today yeah pretty much so And uh, in addition to Disney, I mean, wasn't there another company that said that they were going to be helping with this there, as well? There's quite a few companies, actually, that jumped in and said, actually, one other corporation said, if any of his employees who get arrested during the process, they're going to pay their bail. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Uh, mind you, when you've got, you know, this is another thing as well. Like, you know, Democrats say, oh, well, you know, come support us, you know, after the Roe v. Wade decision. And, you know, oh, well, I'm going to go pay $15 to you, and then I'll go on a protest, only for you to, like, you know, fund more of the police officers that, uh, you know, go out and shoot tear gas at us. Like, yeah. you know, no thanks. Yeah, no thanks. So, you know, no wonder they're going to get crippled in the midterms. I, the Republicans are basically going to take the House back on a low turnout election. Basically, that's that's what I, that's what I think is going to happen in November, you know. Mm. But uh, anyway, hopefully the Iron Master show will get going again. I'll talk about all that too. All right so, then. Yeah. So until good. until then, you know, that's where we are. And so, Yippee. Yeah. Okay. Um. Let's talk about Lightyear and Pix Minis. All right then. Coming out soon for uh, Pix Mix with Aaron and Patricia. So um, the first thing that's going to come out are the uh, Pix Minis themselves. So um, we watched you know another bunch of shorts. Yes, we did that... watch another bunch of shorts. We watched fifteen. Yeah, but uh, just I think one thing we should say in the caveat to this is that it does not include the Simpsons shorts nope. because that's not produced by Pixar, and also it doesn't include a few other shorts. That yeah. Are so I- I'm going to list well. off the shorts that we are not going to be talking about. So mm-hmm. these. Shorts uh, that we're not going to be talking about are some of the Toy Story 2 shorts, the ones that are lasting about 22 minutes long because those are longer shorts and they aired on ABC. They did not, um, you know, go alongside with a Pixar short. So, you know, Pixar shorts such as like, uh, I mean, you know, the Toy Story shorts such as like the toys that time forgot. We will not be covering that. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, uh, as mentioned before, we're not talking about the Simpsons short, the one that aired alongside with Onward. And we know that it did air alongside a Pixar Pixar film, but it's not a Pixar short, so we will not be covering that. Number three, we will not be covering Olaf's Frozen Adventure. Even though we know it paired up with Coco, we will not be talking about that because A, it's over 25 minutes long, and B, it's not a Pixar short. And uh, then there's also another can of worms. So we watched all of these shorts on Disney Plus, but there were two shorts that were not available. Uh, the first short that was not available was Marine Life Interviews, which was featured on the DVD and Blu-ray of Finding Dory. And the other one we're not going to be talking about is Miss Fritter's, um, what was it like, uh, Wrecking School or something? And that was featured on the Cars 3 DVD and Blu-ray. Those were not up on Disney Plus in the UK. Maybe they are in the US, but they were not up in the UK. So we will not be covering those. Yeah. So the ones we are going to be covering are going to be Partysaurus Rex, uh, The Legend of Mordu, uh, The Blue Umbrella, Party Central, uh, The Rated Springs, uh, Strings of 
500 and a half. Um, Lava, Riley's first date, Sanjay Super Team, Piper, Lou, Bao, Auntie Edna, Lamp Life, 22 versus Earth, and Xiao Alberto. Yes, those are the ones we'll be covering for the picks minis right before we lead up into Lightyear. Yeah. And also, after we've done all those uh, uh, picks minis, it's going to be the main event, which is going to be uh, Lightyear, which, uh, you know, one, at one point we were debating, you know, is this going to be a picks mix episode or is it the Crystal Skull episode? Yeah, exactly, oh, because great. last week we mentioned that it was 80% on Rotten Tomatoes with 40 reviews. That's gone low since then into the 70s, which we were discussing about. Should we cover it in Crystal Skull territory? And then we decided, no, let's just have it a Pixmix episode. Because that's what we're building up to anyway. Exactly, but I mean, like, yeah. you know, the fact that, you know, you and I, I mean, we even post this on Twitter as well. Like, you and I sat in a theater and, you know, we're waiting for Lightyear and barely anybody was there. Yeah, I, exactly. The only, the only people who were there, I'm, I'm pretty sure, were basically Disney adults and yeah. you know, other nerds who basically grew up with, uh, with Toy Story. Yeah. Like, there was not one single child. That was. That's incredible. But, Out of all the Pixar films that we've seen together in theaters, there's always been a child. We yeah. saw Coco together. We saw... Um, what else do we see in theaters together that had children in it? Um, uh, Jurassic World Dominion. That, oh, oh, that's right. Okay, yeah. so this is something that um, I wasn't there for because I had to go to the restroom. So... Aaron uh, saw a group of people leaving out of Jurassic World Dominion, and they were and most of them were children. And wow! So, yeah, you know, the the I would guarantee you that the kids I saw coming out of Jurassic World Dominion would have exact been the exact demographic I would have said that I wanted to go see Lightyear, and oh um, yeah, it just it just hasn't worked. And uh, you know, this is the thing: like it's it's a good nostalgia trip, I guess, for people who um, want to see you know the movie that Andy saw with all you know, with that. But then, I mean, we'll talk about it further into Big Mix. I think. That actually creates a continuity error with uh, the, the original Toy Story movie. It, now. It, it, wow, yeah. it, it has continuity errors that would make Monsters Inc. blush with its continuity errors. Exactly. Yeah. So I think uh, there's going to be um, this is going to be an interesting discussion that you and I are going to have. Oh, because, absolutely. Like, this is, yes. Uh, get, don't get us wrong. This isn't going to be a Cars two discussion. I think, <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think we can safely say it's not going to be that. Oh, absolutely not. And it's not going to be a good dinosaur discussion. discussion either. Yeah. So like, it's not a tech demo. It's not just like a really awful movie that shouldn't exist. Just to say, it's just because because it sells toys. It shouldn't be anything like that. I think Lightyear. I think is going to be a Crystal Skull episode. I oh, think absolutely, that's, that's yes. disguised as a Pix Mix episode. I think that's the best way to kind of describe yeah, it. Yeah, pretty so, much. Yeah, but uh, anyway, we'll, we'll let you know a bit furthermore about yeah. that once we... Uh, yeah, and and also, this is the second time in which there hasn't been a short for Pixar. Turning Red didn't have a short. That's a good question. That's a good shout, actually. There was no short for Lightyear, was there? No. What? There was no Why? short. I don't know. Turning Red didn't have one either. Well, Turning Red was on Disney Plus, so I mean, it would have made sense for it not to have. I mean, or, or maybe what, it was what? like an eleventh hour. It's like, do we want to have this on theaters or do we want to have this in Disney Plus? Well, a, there was a discussion whether actually Lightyear was going to make it because after Turning Red was announced that it was going to go to Disney Plus, there was then rumors going around that Lightyear was also going to go to Disney Plus. So yeah. maybe, well, I mean, the, the plan all along was to make, to put Lightyear in theaters. So I mean, like they knew from the get go when they first came up with the idea that the Lightyear was going to be a theatrical release. Okay. So I don't know why they wouldn't have brought out a short with to it. Be, to be fair, very similar to Turning Red, they did have a documentary. And none of the other Pixar films before then had documentaries. So maybe they're compensating for that? I, I have no idea. But, uh, I mean, like, it's just... it's it's It feels so weird, doesn't it? Like, to, to, you know, we're going to talk about Turning Red, you know, in, in the next segment. But, uh, I mean, Turning Red, and you, you, you and I can agree, ended up being the best movie of yeah. Yes, yeah, it did. and turn it and 
Lightyear is, well, well discussed about. Yeah, <laughs> I can't believe it. This is the fourth time that Pixar has done this, in which they release two movies in one year. One of them ends up being really good, and the other one ends up being kind of mediocre and forgettable. Yeah, it's just like, but, you know, well, it, it, it's just such a bad call on Pixar's part, or Disney's part, I guess you could say, because, you know, imagine if Turning Red was released in theaters. I guarantee you it probably would have been a, smart, a surprise, you know, uh, box office. I, here's the thing, like, is, is Richard me saying that because I said, you know, from I defended Disney and said, like, you know, I can understand why they decided to put it on Disney Plus. Maybe some of this, you know, subject matter probably would have been, like, maybe questionable, maybe for us, uh, for, for yeah, Disney's yeah. head. And then also there was, like, you know, I didn't think Turning Red, I don't think was as epic as a movie as, uh, I say, you know, like The Incredibles yeah, that's or what Ratatouille said, yes. or, like, any of the other ones. Are. So they, from that, I understand. But, I mean, I mean, we also just go into this next segment anyway. Like, you might you know, as well, yeah. Right. So, according to The Hollywood Reporter, this is something that uh, I, we recently picked up on, is that uh, they've recently done their best 10 movies of 2022 so far. Turning Red is one of them, but the funny enough, this is the only animated uh, movie on the list. Wow. So, okay. So, let's, let's, let's recap this. The bad guys from DreamWorks is not in it. Mm-hmm. And... Bob's Burgers, which is a Fox, uh, well, techni- okay, not Fox, 20th Century Animation. Well, keep in mind, Bob Burgers' movie's not out yet, so... No, it is out. It, oh, it is out now. Yeah, you remember, that was the that was the first movie I saw in a theater in two years. I went there with my sister. Oh, okay. I tweeted then. about it. Oh, right. Yeah, uh, so, I, I mean... Sorry, I, I everybody. I didn't think it was out yet, but... Yes, it, it, yeah, it is uh, out. Like, funny enough, we are going to cover Bob's Burgers at some point, because I've seen the first season now. Yes, so, yes, like, yes. Uh, the, the first of 12, and that's... Uh, I need uh, to, 13. 13, I need to get acquainted with but yeah uh, i mean it's uh yeah so um there's been a lot of other and um also there's been a few other movies that have been released in theaters as well but the, the the hollywood reporter said that this is the only animated film that has been on their best of 2022 so far which makes a lot of sense because it is june and june is the halfway point so they would say okay then um out of all the animated movies that have come out this year this is the one that we feel is the best one which is kind of funny considering of all the controversy that turning red had in which people were saying this is a movie that's not for me oh it's too uh leaning more toward the asian demographic it's not a universal film the talk about periods is very uncomfortable and stuff like that according to the hollywood reporter it's the best animated movie this year yeah i mean it's not in any particular order from what i can see from the hollywood reporter it's just, it's just one of the 10 yeah it's just one of the yeah. 10 and, so, and like i said before like we said before the rest of it is all live action yeah, exactly so um i mean in regards to again you know i'll hold my hands up to this and say you know maybe maybe disney made the wrong disney made the wrong call on this they should have released this in theaters and made a lot of money and, yeah, i, I uh, know why they yeah. did it i know why they did it not just the reasons that you stated but i feel that Lightyear was a safe bet of money it's like oh this is based well, off of toy story well, this yeah, is a light year should have been their movie like exactly it, it, i mean it it's, been up there it's with toy based story. Off, it's based off of a character that we knew of for over 25 years it's his origin story and you, as we've seen in like superhero movies origin stories is what people get into you know like know, know about the character it's the one that makes a lot of money it's like this is a surefire win if it would have been a success it's like yeah they were planning on like what over 
over a hundred million dollars in the box office in the opening weekend, and they were hoping that you know this is going to be Pixar's major uh, comeback. I could, after- I could probably guarantee you the discussion in the Disney boardroom would have been that light year should have made a billion dollars at the box office. Yeah, like, but very know, similar yeah. to The Incredibles two, in which that made almost a billion, billion dollars in the box office. Yeah, like, this was going to be like you know this is the most popular character that we have from the Toy Story franchise, and we're going to finally put him in li- in live action, and uh, this is going to be the Buzz Lightyear that everyone's going to love. Yes, you know, like and uh, but you know, like I mean. Um, again, turning red. I mean, uh, there's something else I always want to argue about turning red is that uh, I think one thing that probably would have happened if uh, they if they decided to go in a different direction with turning red. Say they turn it into kind of like a Marvel-esque movie where yeah. it's kind of like, you know, oh, here's this girl who then turns into this panda, but she's actually like a... Su- they made it more like a superhero kind of thing, really. Yeah. Like, you know, choosing whether she actually wants to have like this, uh, you know, um, and they do like all of the kind of like the Marvel kind of like yeah. tropes, if you will, with turning red. I guarantee you, one Disney executive would said, oh yeah, that's going to be our movie and, you know, Lightyear would have been the movie that way. Yeah, it would have been. It it sounded like it would have been a combination of Big Hero Six with the secretive world of Alex Mack, in which, like, Big Hero Six is like, you know, you have this obscure superhero group from Marvel, and uh, we're gonna introduce it to a new audience, and it's gonna be like the introduction of this new group of superheroes for the children, and we're gonna have a Disney animated series, and we're gonna have toys and all that kind of stuff, and also they just announced that Baymax is gonna have his own Disney Plus series, and. Now we have um, the case in which, like, Lightyear, it's like, okay, we're going to have this huge... Um, you know, movie about the superhero that we've known of for a long time. Oh, that's going to make the big bucks. And Turning Red is like, okay, um, if we do release it in theaters, maybe we can make it Marvel-esque in which we can kind of like introduce the character, but kind of like it, make it like Alex Smack in which she's a teenager. She got these powers to turn into a red panda. She doesn't know how to do it. She doesn't know whether, whether she wants to keep it or not. She's struggling with it and maybe she'll save the day at the end and she's a little clumsy at the beginning. Let's see if we can do it if we did in that direction. But they they did not. They decided to go in a far direction that anybody expected, and it did turn a lot of people off. Yeah, well, so, I mean, like, it is right now on Disney Plus, like, you know, Turning Red is like their most successful movie that they've released on Disney Plus. Yes, I, I mean, they've released four Pixar films on Disney Plus. They released Onward, they released Soul, they released Luca, they released Turning Red, and Turning Red was the most successful out of all of them. Exactly, and so I think, uh, I mean, obviously now, you know, the, uh, the you know the person who created Turning Red now is basically running the show over at Pixar. Yes. So, like, you know, like I was kind of like, I, I really, like, it was like you know I I kind of questioned that you know pro- pro- promotion when it happened. It was kind of like is the, are they just basically just giving? I mean, sure we talked about this last year, last we, week. We did I mean, talk about this. Yeah, they're time. just giving this uh, this position just to shut her up and make sure that uh, you know she's not going to say anything you know against these anyway. That Dana Terrace and like you know various other creators right now are unhappy with Disney over various other issues. Mm. Like I mean, I'm just wondering if they said, well, we don't want this issue with this particular creator now because obviously she's got a lot of big you know, following behind her. Let's just give her you know this position, then she can run Pixar and you know do what she wants to do with it. But uh, I I don't know what. Again, we're, we're just speculating. Yeah, we're here. just we speculating. We, we, we don't, have know, no we don't idea. know what was, what's going on behind the scenes over it. So, did, did or, or maybe maybe they think that Turning Red was a success, and they thought you did a great job with Turning Red. Let's give you this promotion. Yeah. So I mean, like, yeah, I, I like to think that was the reason. Like, uh, you know, you, they did a really good job with this, and this is the reason why now she's got this position now. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, uh, you know, uh, Domi she can um, turn around and say, yeah, we're gonna, you know, continue doing original movies, and she's like, well, you know, maybe that's what she'll probably take away from this in regards to light yeah yeah like, that's, that's exactly what i was gonna say too yeah. it's like you know people i would you know when i when we talked about the turning red picks mix episode i was afraid that if light year was going to be the big hit then they were going to be saying okay no more original pixar movies because that's not the one that's making the big bucks 
it completely backfired. And yeah. this goes to show you that, yes, people do want originality, even though that the internet is basically saying, I want this to come back. Exactly. But, it's, you know, it's, um, here's the thing. I would not be opposed to an Incredibles 3. Like, you know, sure. like, uh, the Incredible, if you look at Incredibles 2, like, you know, billion dollars at the box office. Yes. It was a success. There's, I, w- I would think that's creative. So I would be crazy not to make an Incredibles 3 somewhere. <laughs> down, down, or an maybe. animated series. Well, animated, an animated series would be fun. Oh, yeah, I would love that. Really fun. Like, make, it, make it like, you know, where the animated series back in, like, you know, were the, you know, kind of like the, you know, they used to make, you know, back in the Marvel Action Hour and stuff like that. You know, oh, like, that make, would make, be make, so oh, fun, yeah. yeah. Or either that, like, you know, do, 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 I think you and I will just, uh, you know, I don't think, I think it would get pretty boring after the third third episode, but so you and I wanted to see a, like, a series like Mr. Incredible and Pals, like, <laughs> when, we saw, when we saw that, like, you know. Yeah, yeah that, that, that was a fun gimmick for one thing, but. <laughs> More uh, clutch cargo animation. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, but I don't want to see a whole series like yeah, that. Yeah, like. Uh, that would be, that would be pretty bad. Well, if you, if you had, like, Samuel L. Jackson and you had, uh, you know, him narrate, you know, commentating over the whole episode <laughs> while it was going on, like, yeah, that would be kind of fun. Okay, okay, fair enough, fair yeah. enough. Bob, you you make more of these? <laughs> like, oh. I can't believe that they made more of these. Uh, this yeah. is, where, what is my life? Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, mind you, there's one thing that we left out of the light year discussion, and that is that uh, there was a, a, a theater in Oklahoma that discovered that there was a same-sex oh, kiss in there. Oh, yes. And, uh, uh, I need to talk about this. So, yeah, the, the conservative state that Oklahoma is, there was one particular movie theater that decided, oh, no, this same-sex kiss is going to scare the children. So they had posted up a sign on their movie theater for those who were going to watch Lightyear saying, Attention parents, the management of this theater discovered after booking Lightyear that there is a same-sex kissing scene within the first 30 minutes of the Pixar movie. We will do all we can to fast-forward through that scene, but it may not be exact. Oh, what? Like, yeah, it's just, it's, it's just you know, um, it's just so backwards, isn't it? Like, it's just, it's, uh, I mean, also, they told the, they, actually, there was a bit of outrage out of that, and actually, they oh, took the sign yes, down. Oh, yes, that's right. So, uh, the 89th Theater in Kingfisher, Oklahoma, so the uh, the person who wrote this particular um, article, uh, Zach Scharf, when they um, you know posted the article on Variety, and Patricia Kaspik from NBC News thought that the warning was a joke, but then she found out it was real, and this is what she said: "I told them that it was completely insulting for them to censor a same gender kiss when they've never done this to an opposite gender kiss." She called the sign cruel and bigoted. I will never see a movie at this theater while under this ownership and then alex wade from the lgbtq advocacy organization for oklahomans for equality said i am not shocked to see something like this happening in my state but it does break my heart that young lgbtq oklahomans may are made to feel that something is wrong with them this is why we develop chapters in rural oklahoma to show everyone that there are people in the corner when same-sex couples show affection even the most chastity of kisses it is sexualized and treated like if it were explicit if this were a heterosexual couple the theater wouldn't even think of skipping it because heterosexual couples are given the grace to be intimate without being shamed you know I mean, it is a bit critical when you really think about it like all the stuff that we've seen in kids movies of like you know heterosexual couples you know getting together like they're even the finales of most of you know the, the, yeah the exactly. exactly it's like the finales of like every action movie in the and 80s this happens and 90s. in the first act 
Like, you know, it's just, it's just, it's, uh, you know, and it doesn't even get all that much attention. It's only either. like literally two seconds. It, it, I tell you what, we, we actually heard about this before we went into we Lightyear. Did, yes. if, no one had, if no one had pointed that out to me, I probably would have dismissed it. Like, if it, I, you know, it was only when, um, you know, I saw the montage currently going on of like Lightyear, you know, you know going back and forth that uh, I actually then noticed it. But if you had not told me about it before, I'd be kind of like, I wouldn't even, you know, been even paying attention to it. Yeah. You no, know, let alone what's going on. I was too busy focusing on whatever Buzz Lightyear. Yeah, was doing. exactly. Like you know, the whole montage of Buzz Lightyear. Well, we're not gonna sp- we're not gonna spoil it. But well, no, that, no. That, that montage that basically where the kiss fe- was featured in, and people were making such a big deal because if you remember, originally they wanted to remove this scene, and then Pixar was like no and they were like okay we'll keep the scene and then w- people were like what is the sex scene you know i mean like the, the kissing scene like you know is it gonna be like, the sex scene I, mean, huh? <laughs> I meant kissing scene the sexy kissing easy that sure. the, the kiss scene i'm sorry okay what is this kiss scene and he's like you know is it like a groundbreaking kiss scene is it you know gonna showcase more into what we've seen before no of course not no. i mean you like i mean it's they they made it into such a big deal, but it was nothing. Yeah, and so, I mean, I mean, come on, you guys, really? You're gonna fast forward to like two seconds? Okay, coming coming soon, everybody. Patricia Miranda's gonna make a Pixar film about sex education. So, uh, <laughs> sex no, <laughs> I already did the whole discussion about the period thing and turning red. I don't yeah, exactly. think people would want to hear any more of that. Well, you never know. So, like, uh, well, uh, I think, but you know, um, eventually this this sign did get taken down. Which, it did. You know, it, it yeah, did. So I think. So I don't think he- well, whether heads rolled in that uh, theater. I don't have no idea, but uh, <laughs> I, I mean, have like, no uh, idea but you know, like uh, in regards to what happened there, it's good things. It's good. It's a good thing that people stood up and said no. This is unacceptable and hypocritical. Yeah, this is, this is like, stupid. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like so. Uh, here's the thing. Like um, the, we're in 2022 now, and you know, um, LGBTQA plus represent- representation is gonna be a thing for the foreseeable future because I mean, people yeah. want to have stories to tell. Exactly. And, you know, I- they're not only that; they're interesting stories, and they're stories that are different from things that we've had prior we have basically been bombarded with basically straight content pretty much you know <laughs> in regards to disney in regards to dreamworks in regards to everything else. yeah exactly you know, a little bit of variety is nothing to be ashamed is nothing to be you know ashamed of or a little bit of variety is nothing to basically you know condemn or anything like that i think it's interesting i think it gives us more you know like a, you know like a, i would never have known you know i think some people you know here's the owl house for example yeah. like you know it's, it's a great example of like a all that type of stuff. Yeah. You know, so like, I think, uh, you know, I think that's going to give, you know, a lot of young people who feel confused about their, uh, about their sexuality or even their gender, if you will. And at least it will give them some content that they can feel like they can relate to and that they can, you know, they, they can, they feel that, you know, kind of belongs to them in a way. Yeah. And that's, uh, they have something to hold on to, which uh, I think, you know, whether, you know, growing up in the nineties, like, you know, we had people who we knew, well, we, we, it was, it was, kind of like uh, implied that they yeah, were was, LGBTQ, yeah. uh, you know, IA+. But, you know, it wasn't exactly, you know, said in the show. It wasn't said, know. yeah. Exactly. And, or if if it was said in the show, it was completely censored. Like, I'm never going to get sick and tired of talking about the whole Sailor Moon censorship in which you have Sailor oh, Uranus... Just cousins. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sailor Neptune and Sailor Uranus. Wow, they're really close. Oh, they're just cousins. They're really, really close cousins. Yeah. And then, and then I found out much later on that, no, they were actually lovers. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. 
So, anyway, um, let's move away from that for a, a bit because uh, we've got to get into Amphibia. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, so, um, uh, so we've now come to the end of Amphibia. Yes. And, uh, you know, it, it's something that the fans still grieve over at the moment. <laughs> like, they are... They, uh, yes, they, they have. This is one thing I take away from, you know, the, the ending of Amphibia is that people are still wanting more. Yes, it's they not do. a show that's ran out of steam. It's not a show that where, you know, we've had a couple of bad episodes and we, we're kind of like saying, yeah, it's time to end the show because right. it's just going it's just, it's to fall off the rails eventually somewhere down the line people want to see more of this stuff they Absolutely. want to know uh, a bit more about what's going on and uh, i think you know while they did like the whole 10 years later you know finale mm-hmm. of that of that show i don't think it was satisfying enough i don't think for people to say yeah this is the conclusion that i want to see mm-hmm. i think uh, you know now that we know that there's a, a, a new continent for you know sprig um you know Polly and uh, you know ivy to explore you know um there's now i mean they've left the door open effectively for uh, a spin-off series yeah i mean and even mad brawley had just uh, you know basically um discussed about where did this continent come from and then he gave the explanations like oh um it just turned out that the moon was covering the continent the entire time and when it got blown up now it was able to be revealed so yeah mm. i mean it just opens up the possibility that sprig and ivy can be able to go into this new adventure into this land that has never been inhabited by frogs toads or newts i mean the possibilities are endless i mean maybe there'll be salamanders maybe there'll be other types of amph- you know a- amphibic creatures who knows i mean nobody knows but again you know matt brawley has been saying on twitter constantly that if you want to see more of amphibia please let disney know so and also stream it non-stop as well on disney plus because you know they'll look at those numbers and they'll basically say oh yeah people want more of this exactly stuff. exactly yeah. so same, same thing with you know the same thing with all of the shows that have also come to an end too like you know the people if you want uh, disney to know that you want more of this stuff you have to tell them and yeah. you have to watch it exactly and, and and this is not like oh that's gonna be impossible it's like no because this has happened many times before on television when um futurama first came in um, it had low ratings, but then when it first featured on Adult Swim, the ratings spiked up, and then they picked it up for more seasons. Well, the, Same thing. There happened- was also something else. There was actually an organized campaign by fans of Futurama to actually get the show back on, you know, back on track, and then I ended up with the specials. Right. You know, when that came out. Same thing happened with uh, Family Guy too. Like, you know, when yeah, that. Same uh, thing happened with Family Guy. Yeah. Uh, even recently, same thing happened with Tuca and Birdie, in which you know that was a show that aired on. Netflix. It was yeah. canceled after the first season. Then when it went into Adult Swim, it became hugely popular. And then it's now being picked up for its third season. Wow, I'm noticing a pattern, by the way. Hmm. Hmm. Anyway. You know, I, I'm starting to get the feeling that maybe uh, Dana Terry should go to Adult Swim. Yeah, and, you know, I'm like, thinking about that. Yeah, like, you know, it's uh, all, all of a sudden, like, the Owl House is also very on Adult Swim. And, like, you know, all of a sudden, it just gets really popular. Like, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's, imagine the whole, you know, audience of Adult Swim fans who tune into the show and is like, wow, this show's actually pretty metal. <laughs> like, you know, like, I want to see more of this. It's like, oh, hey, oh, we're getting a, we're getting a fourth season of the Owl House on Adult Swim? Cool. You know, like, <laughs> I would uh, love that. It'll never happen, but, you know. No, I, I know yeah. it'll never happen. Yeah. But, uh... <laughs> but you know, one other thing I would like to see, you know, going back to Amphibia, is that we would like to see, I mean, like the Jimmy Timmy Power Hours that used to happen before, like, you know, it would be nice to see, like, you know, where Amphibia kind of, like, cross over with, like, other shows. Yeah, like, yeah, specials. I mean, we, we, in the um, Amphibia podcast, we read a crossover between Amphibia and Big City Greens, and then the Comic-Con that happened during the pandemic, it was Amphibia crossover with the Owl House. Yeah, so, I mean, like, uh, the, also, that, the, there was an animation project also done for yep, that as well. So that like, they right. actually, they, they actually, you know... Uh, 
uh, animated like the, the that crossover. They People did. loved it so much, and I think you know um, if that is going to be the case, I think Disney should take note and say, oh hey, you know, uh, okay, maybe just for like a one-off. If Dana's up for it, maybe we'll, we'll do like you know an Owl House amphibia crossover, and uh, we'll do something with that. Yeah. See how far it goes. I mean, who knows? Like again, we're still going into the specials for the Owl House, so like we know where it's left off. Right. Whether it's going to be where at the end of that is even going to be feasible to even do you know anything like that. Like uh, it would be you know, during the Owl House, it would be nice to have like a cameo of like you know where uh, um, I don't know um, lose contacts uh, and and you know uh, Sasha and uh, Marcy on Zoom or something like that. Like you know on on their tablet and like they talk about oh we well, you know this is another way you could get you could get to the you know to the realm. Yeah, you know, yeah. we you know we, that's we that's what we did with the Calamity Box. Right. Who knows? <laughs> you know, like uh, it's um it, you know there's, there's a lot of possibilities there for Amphibia uh, to make future appearances. You know, no doubt they'll probably do still do like the Chibi. You know. Yeah, shorts, yeah, and, and also um, Matt also mentioned in the Streamly short, uh, the, no, the Streamly uh, live stream, uh, where he was talking about that he had an idea for a movie where it was basically about uh, King Andreas and Beryl and Leaf, and it was going to be talking about more of their story, and then in between that that they were going to go back in time to the, or like it was either further into the future where Leaf saw what the future looked like for Amphibia and she was going to meet up with uh, Spring and Polly, uh, her later, um, you know, uh, descendants. And so uh, I think that that would be really interesting if Matt decides to go into that story that he talked about or, or maybe um, the story that he mentioned on Twitter constantly that he wants to see more adventures of, an, a, you know, a, a grown-up Polly. So again, you know, possibilities are endless. Yeah. Anyway, uh, moving on. Um, so, uh, uh, Tarakoski, one of the animated geniuses of our time, I think we can definitely say. Yes. Like, uh, created Dexter's Laboratory, created Samurai Jack, uh, created the Powerpuff Girls? No, 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 that's, no, that's, that's Craig McCracken. Craig McCracken. Yeah, yeah he created a Symbiotic Titan, hmm. and he created Primal. And created Primal as well. Yeah. And now he has basically inked a deal uh, with Cartoon Network and Warner Brothers Animation to basically do some more stuff. I mean, that. of course. At this point in time, I mean, Primal is a huge hit. Mm. It was just, I mean, they just announced on the NSC Festival that they're going to be doing season two. And uh, yeah, I mean, even though that, you know, some of the shows that he did do, um, you know, like Symbiotic Titan was a show that was very short lived and a lot of people have been dying to see more of it. But yeah, I mean, this guy's pedigree is huge. Dexter's Lab, Samurai Jack. I mean, this guy's done a lot of stuff. I mean, and, and also another one that's overlooked is Clone Wars, mm. not Star Wars, the Clone, Clone Wars, Wars yeah. not the three, not the CG animation one, the 2D one that was like a few minutes long that would air in between various Cartoon Network programs. So yeah, he did a lot of stuff for Cartoon Network, and I, I take it that because of its massive success, then absolutely he would do more for them. Yeah. So uh, here's uh, Tarakowski himself. He said, "My time at Cartoon Network Studios since its inception has been uh, the most creatively formative and fulfilling uh, years of my career. Uh, I've now find myself continuing that amazing relationship uh, as well as bringing in Warner Brothers Animation, uh, the home to everything that's inspired me to." Be become an animator in the first place. I'm beyond excited to see what we do next. Because, you know, yeah, Warner Brothers is something that he grew up with. Yes. So, like, you know, he's... The fact that now he is wanting to, you know, lead the way on this, like, it's just... It's, uh, it's, it's a dream come true for him. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I mean, considering that, you know, every show that he made was a hit after hit after hit after hit, it's like, you know, that's something that 
any animator would be lucky to do as opposed to like other animators in which like okay they've done some work on Cartoon Network they've done some work on Nickelodeon they've done some work on Disney they've done some work on Netflix it's like Craig McCracken for example he did Powerpuff Girls then he went off and he did Wander Over Yonder and then uh well no Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends that was the other Cartoon Network show he did Powerpuff Girls Foster's Home then he left to do Wander Over Yonder on Disney didn't work very well so then he went off to do Kid Cosmic on Netflix and that was successful lasted for three seasons and um, now Netflix is in a dumpster fire right now so now he has well, to find another venue to do his stuff well I, I couldn't think of a better venue than Cartoon Network Studios and uh, Warner Brothers Animation I mean it'll be nice I mean it'll be the first time in over a decade that he did some stuff for Cartoon Network yeah exactly and so and uh, I think you know if uh, Samurai Jack uh, you know uh, from, you know, from all the way from one to six I think is anything yes, to be yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know it's, uh, it's, it's going to be exciting to see what he can do with that you know Primal as well he's done uh, Oh yeah, Primal so. Primal's amazing, by the yeah. way. It's a it's a show that has it's very similar to Samurai Jack. Well, I mean, in Samurai Jack, they have a few bits of dialogue. Primal has no dialogue. Well, like, yeah, like zero. It's, it is all about the animation. It's all about it's the all, animation. It's all about the physical stories. Outline. Yes, yes, it is, and it's done brilliantly. By the way, it's it's hands down one of his best shows. Yeah, like I don't think it's done enough because, like you know, you get a lot of physical humor in, like, say, like Ratatouille, and you get you know Wally effectively, you know, before you know the third act, you know, like yeah. you know, effectively was all just kind of like you know the characters acting out and like you know making you know certain noises you know like you know i don't think there's enough of that kind of going oh, unless you count you know the uh, the pixar shows that we even talked about like yeah you know, yeah like, but uh, but a feature film where there's little to no dialogue i understand it may be a massive risk taker considering that maybe they'll think oh but the audience will get bored if there's no talking if there's no physical humor if there's no this if there's no that but it's like you need to give an the audience a chance to breathe. It really depends what type of story you tell. Like if it's gonna be if it's gonna be like an epic story that you can put together that involves not many people talking and you can just see it all just kind of like play out. You know, like uh, then you know, yeah, of course you could pull something off like that. But if you need to tell if you need to tell a story that's in a book, you can't do that physically. You know, like through physical you know yeah. in interaction, you need to you need to tell the narrative that's currently going on. And if you can't put that into physical form you can't do that type of movie right you know so like uh, so i'm not saying it can't be done i'm saying that so you know the 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 the, the presentation of like uh, you know what you put into it needs to be correct because mm -hmm. uh, if you end up in a situation where you know you need to have people talking or you need to have like you need to have something that kind of like bridges gaps in, in vocal dialogue then obviously you can't do that type of movie right, so right, yeah, right. It's like, yeah it, it, i'm not saying it's not i'm not saying it's not difficult but i'm saying yeah, Amazing. It is possible, I, I think. Right. Yeah, so um, best of luck to Gendy, and we can't wait to see what more stuff he has to offer for Cartoon Network. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be right, whatever he does. I think so, too. Yeah. Jack, Jack, Samurai Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, um, moving on, um, we're going to be going into all well, uh, Nickelodeon news this yeah, Nickelodeon time. Nickelodeon news, would you believe? So, uh, are you afraid of the dark? It's coming back again. Yes, and, it uh, is. I've not watched any of the newer Are You Afraid of the Dark? I've stuff. seen the first one. Yes, I've seen the first one where it features a girl who moves into a, a town where she tells the story about a guy named Mr. Top Hat because she has dreams about him. And then it turns out that the dreams were real and Mr. Top Hat does exist so it's basically about a girl who has dreams about a guy who comes in named mr top hat who runs this circus and people disappear and um 
all of a sudden, it it actually becomes a reality. And so it was three episodes long. It was a miniseries. And it became such a huge success that they did it again last year. Which, by the way, I have not seen yet. And I promise I will talk about it around Halloween. And now we have this third one, which is going to be coming out in July. Or uh, was it August? I, I don't remember. But yeah, it's going to be coming out. And wow, I mean, th- this is something that I said almost a decade ago where I said uh, about like the shows that need to be remade I was talking about why don't we have the Midnight Society actually interact with the stories itself as opposed to like being an anthology series it's like did they listen to me? Uh, well, I mean, keep in mind, like, uh, they did do this uh, the, like, towards the very end of the original show where the Midnight Society yeah, exactly. was interacting yeah, with exactly. the story. And that's one of so, my favorite episodes of all I mean, time. I mean, yeah, but, I mean, uh, you know, uh, that was where eventually they had to go with it because, you know, you could only tell so many stories with the Midnight Society at the end of the day. Like, yeah. you know, and uh, it, it was a show that had very many possibilities, but then the, it was getting so dry at one point that uh, they had to, like, introduce, like, new characters yeah, and to tell stories and yeah, stuff. The reason why was because a lot of the actors were getting really old. A lot of them left to do different things. And so they had to change the cast. And mm. so uh, it, yeah, it just wasn't remotely as good. I mean, not, not to say that there weren't episodes that were like all terrible, but the the essence of it was just kind of gone. And, and I understand what they were trying to do. So after Are You Afraid of the Dark ended in 1994, you know, that was like a pretty good run. And then they brought it back three years later because Goosebumps was becoming really popular. I was going to say that actually that goosebumps actually was um i mean if uh, if you had to tell me like you know the later goosebumps or like the earlier uh, versions uh, this is what i would go with. i would say i would prefer the earlier versions the earlier episodes of are you afraid of the dark compared to the early versions of goosebumps but i would say i would like prefer the later versions of later episodes of goosebumps compared to the later episodes of are you afraid of the dark mm-hmm. yeah i mean to be fair they were trying it. to get their footing in yeah it's, it's like a complete reverse in which like the first few episodes of goosebumps were a little bit rough but they got better well, this one is like they had a good run with Are You Afraid of the Dark? They ended it for three years, and then they brought it back, and it just wasn't as good. Yeah, I don't know. Like, for some strange reason, I get you know, because the Goosebumps episodes, I always gravitate towards you know my my, my favorite uh, episodes is the one with the, the Perfect School, where you know they ended up like you know cloning the kids and stuff like that. Like you know that was a crazy episode, and then there was the one where uh, they had the kid in the camp and not all was right, and like in the end of it's like like you know uh, kill the camp counselor or something like that. You know, like so there's something like that. Like those episodes of uh, you know Goosebumps, I thought were, were pretty cool I yeah. like those episodes and uh, but you know because are oh, you afraid of the dark you know uh, the the creepiest episode I probably watched was like you know the one where you know they the, they make fun, they make friends with like all the kids but then they find out that they're all dead or something like that like you know that was uh, yeah no, that, that one was creepy that was, was creepy as all hell oh yeah but, that was uh, really creepy and and yeah. to think that um it's actually perfect timing we're talking about goosebumps because I just read that uh, next month. Um, it will be 30 years that R.L. Stein started writing Goosebumps. Wow. That's, uh, that's, that's something as well. Like a lot of like very long anniversaries are starting to come up. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people who like, you know, watch this show, like, you know, like in the 1820 year old demographic, going <laughs> to be like, you're old. It's like, <laughs> yes. Yes, we you. are. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. So let me just read off the synopsis of uh, this special, so, uh, the miniseries. Are You Afraid of the Dark Ghost Island features an all new Midnight Society, which of course they do because they featured a a new Midnight Society in the second one Make, makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Anyway, as they go on what they thought would be a fun summer vacation on a resort island until they learn about something sinister haunting the guest. Uh, let's see. So, um, 
Okay, here's the uh, in the premiere episode, the tale of Room Thirteen and slash the tale of the Teen Spirit. Four best friends get more than they bargained for in um, genuine terror, locked away in one of the rooms as they're checking into a hotel resort. Then, as the kids try to enjoy summer vacation, they are pulled back into the mystery of the island's ghosts, ultimately leading to a terrifying and shocking revelation. So here are the the, the new members of the Midnight Society. We have uh, Kyla, played by Telchi uh, Wynn, who's you may know from Modern Love and Drama Club. Max, played by Connor Sherry, who you may know from The Terminalist and The Devil You Know. Leo, played by Luca Padovan, who you may know from You, The School of Rock, The Musical on Broadway. Summer, played by Dior Goodjohn, who you may know for Head of the Class. And Ferris, played by Chance Hertzfield, who you may know for A Million Little Things and Good Boys. And Julian Curtis from Wishman. He also plays as Stanley Crane, the hotel manager of the Island Resort. So yeah, there's some strong names in there, actually. Like you know, uh, the, the the kid from the School of Rock, you know, the, the musical from Broadway, from Broadway, Broadway as well. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a good snatch actually for yeah. uh, for Nickelodeon. So mm-hmm. you know, like uh, I mean, like it was, um, I mean, also with all of the other ones. I mean, they are promising, you know, careers. Yeah, currently yeah they going do. Forward as well. Yeah, so that's. So. Uh, I just looked at the date. It's going to be coming out July 30th. Very good. So uh, yeah, uh, I mean, in regards to, it kind of reminds me. Like I think the last, you know. Island-esque thing, I think you could say probably was probably, I think there was two, there was Scooby-Doo and Zombie Island, yes. like, yeah, where was the, 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 that was when things started getting real with Scooby-Doo, like, mm-hmm. you know, where it's not, not costumes anymore, and uh, that would be... <laughs> this the time, the monsters are real. Real, yeah, and, like, <laughs> and then, then after that, like, that would be every future, that's where Scooby-Doo basically would go, effectively, yeah, exactly. from there, like, yeah. you know, that, that's what you, there was nowhere else kind of like for Scooby-Doo to kind of go at that point I guess like I mean don't get me wrong they have brought back classic Scooby-Doo yeah. episodes where someone walks around and, you know, runs around in a monster costume and eventually there's some you know trap to like get them in they, they still do those things they, they still but do. I mean like uh, you know, in regards to the trajectory that Scooby-Doo on Scombi- uh, Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island took after that is like even the, the live action movies even featured yeah, real yeah, ghosts exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah. in fact Zombie Island was such a huge success that they tried to do it twice one with the live-action Scooby-Doo movie, it's like, oh, the monsters are real. They're real aliens. And then they try to do Zombie Island again over 20 years later. And to think, this uh, this was supposed to be a SWAT Cats episode. Yes, it was, yes. That's crazy to think about. Like, you know, the you know, T-Bone and Razor fighting zombies on an island. <laughs> uh, that, that actually is kind of cool. I would have <laughs> loved that had SWAT Cats had gotten a, se- a third season. Yeah, like, well, whatever happened to the, um, you know, they were, like, doing the... Uh, um, the, the oh, the Go Kickstarter. Kickstarter, yeah, okay, yeah, so... Uh, okay. Okay, so the Tremblay brothers did do a Kickstarter where they just made enough money to do a pitch video. They pitched it to Cartoon Network. They pitched it to Fox at the time. They pitched it to Netflix. They pitched it to everywhere. Nobody picked it up. Has it been publicly released? No. I I want to see it. Like, you know, I, here's the thing, though, like, you know, if it's anything like the book, you remember the Bucky O'Hare revival I that they did, the continuity re- studio tried to do, I, and, uh, yeah, I that, that, that was a train wreck, you know, like, uh, I mean, here's the thing, like, I'm, I'm saddened that it's still, I mean, I don't maybe that's the sign non-disclosure agreements, maybe when they show this to, 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 the, uh, to, to companies, I, I, I guess I the, maybe, maybe the people who have donated to the Kickstarter, maybe they have um, the opportunity to see it, very similar to me, in which I, I was one of the many backers of the Kickstarter for, um, Don Bluth and Gary Goldman's Dragon's Lair animated film, and I saw the pitch. However, the pitch 
didn't go very well, and then they scrapped it, and now they're making it into a live-action movie. Yeah, so uh, what are they up to with that, actually? You know? I haven't heard anything about it. It is sad, really. Like, you know, you hear, like, all these, um, you know, uh, these these you know these ideas that, you know, people can come up with, and, you know, when they're, they're so creative, and, like, you know, they're, they're, they're stuff that people actually want to see because it's nostalgic. And then we have nostalgia for this stuff. We like Dragon's Lair. We like Sword Cat. Yeah. Like, we're all these, you know, uh, and, you know, you know, uh, you know Dave Bautista, uh, you know, uh, oh, yeah, like, sure, Dracula sure. Destroyer. He walked into Universal Studios, and he said he wanted to make a Gears of War movie. That would have... Him as Marcus Phoenix from Gears of War, that would have kicked. But they just... The, the, these movie studios just turned down good ideas. I don't understand <laughs> I, why. I don't understand either. I would love a SWAT Cats movie. I would love a Dragon's Lair movie. That'd I would love a Gears of War movie. Why are they so immune to good ideas? <laughs> Maybe they think it doesn't make enough profit because... That, that would, those, those things would make tons of money. <laughs> They'd be making more money than they would be making with Lightyear right now. I'll tell oh. you what. <laughs> tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah, thank you. You're very welcome. Anyway, so uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark Ghost Island will be coming out July 30th. So hopefully I would have seen that and the second one that uh, was released last year. And um, eventually maybe I will talk about it in Halloween. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, uh, moving on. So, interesting interview with Chris Pratt. Um, he did with Variety. Now, he's obviously going to be the voice of Mario and basically about 100,000 other you know, animated characters <laughs> that are coming out soon. He's basically becoming the Adam Sandler of animation. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so uh, but anyway, I won't... Uh, but leaving that aside, um, he's uh, stated that the Mario, the voice that he's going to be betraying is going to be uh, different from any other in the Mario yes, world. Yes, yes, he did. And uh, according to um, a report, the Mario movie movie is 75% complete and they had just revealed that uh, Chris Pratt is doing a phenomenal job as Mario and you know his performance is unlike anything that they've ever seen and so I'm just going to pull up the uh, the tweet of it really quickly but um, yeah they're making a big deal about Chris Pratt being the voice of Mario even though that A, even though Charles Martinet is in the movie he has a minor role which is kind of funny because I saw the, um, the announcement of Dragon Ball Super Super Superhero and Charles Martinet is in that as one of the bad guys. It's crazy to think that he's one of the bad guys for the Red Ribbon Army. It's like Charles Martinet in an anime that is beyond ridiculous. Exactly. Awesome. Yeah. Like you know, he is. Mind you, I don't know how um, they must have like. Surely they must have brought him in at one point and done like screen tests with with uh, with Martinet. You would have I'm thought. sure. That, I mean, the, the last time that he was in an anime was over 16 years ago, where he voiced as one of the characters from JoJo's Bizarre adventure yeah exactly so i take it that you know he, he wanted to branch out more than just doing mario stuff so i guess maybe he's now getting to the world of anime which <laughs> i would love that okay so i'm just looking at this now so uh brad discusses how experiment he how he experimented with the voice and uh, was closely with the directors to uh, to find a unique take on mario he felt proud of uh, saying in part it's an animated voiceover narrative uh, but it's not a live action movie well of course it isn't it's, Mar- <laughs> it's super, super mario it's based on a video game exactly i hope, I hope it's not gonna be a live action given what happened to the last mario <laughs> oh my- movie Oh, no, no, Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, so, um, uh, I like Bob Hoskins, by the way, as well. So, yeah, like, you yeah, know, yeah, like, sure. I, I loved him in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So, oh, like, absolutely, you know, yeah. Something and, and, John, and John Lang was almost great, too. Yeah. You know, he's he's been in the Terminal. Uh, he, he recently did Encanto as Bruno. So, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and of course, uh, Sid in the Ice Age movies. Yeah. So, uh, I'm not going to... So, he basically says, uh, it, it's not going to be a live-action movie. I'm not going to be wearing a plumber suit, running it all over. I'm providing a voice for an animated character, and that's, and that's his 
outdated and unlike anything you've heard in Mar in the Mario world before. So, um, well, mind you, like, um, that's not, you know, acting out as your character is not necessarily a bad thing. Look what happened in Fantastic Mr. Fox. That has phenomenal voice acting, yeah, like, you know, and uh, with, uh, and the effects also in, in the sound, you know, recording were, were brilliant too. Like, so there's nothing wrong with, like, you know, I would happily try to do Chris Pratt in a Mario costume <laughs> and make him go around and do all this stuff like that. Like, right, you know, right. he's a, he, uh, and if he argued against it, it's like, well, look what happened with Fantastic Mr. Fox. That's a great movie. Like, you know, it's just, it's, yeah, uh, yeah. And yeah, according to. Of something great. <laughs> Yeah, according to the video game Chronicle, now we mentioned earlier that the movie is 75% complete, mm. and um, according to Miyamoto, he says that he is very happy with it, and that it should be coming out around holiday of 2022, so maybe around probably Thanksgiving or Christmas. Mm, that's interesting. So, so um, this year... Yes, they're predicting that this year is going to come out. Yeah, so, I mean, like, well, we already know, well, we're rumored to have known about the, um, the, the, the test screening that yes. they did so like uh, there was a bunch of some guy managed to get sneak out a bunch of notes now we don't know we can't verify these no, we and can't. but uh, well, I, mean, I mean yeah somebody released it up on uh, a forum post saying okay uh, the movie's going to be about this and it's going to be about uh you know the intro uh, martin is the narrator and uh, mario and luigi they come from brooklyn they just go into the mushroom kingdom we knew about this stuff a while ago but we still are not 100 percent confirmed if that is real exactly so um at the moment like uh, we are hopefully gonna you know get a you know a good idea i mean we need a trailer basically at this point. yeah, we, yeah we, we, need need, trailer. we need a trailer you know so like uh, once we got a trailer and once we know exactly what we're going to be dealing with there then obviously you know you and i can have a better idea of uh, what to expect or at least you know get get to have a you know a, a formal introduction i guess you could say to uh, the mario movie yeah and um and also we only just know it as the mario movie yeah like, that's all know, we know we, about it as the mario we movie. don't know if it's gonna be like super mario we don't know if it's gonna have like a, a subtitle or if it's gonna be like you know the first of like you know many mario movies that are gonna I mean, come out well i mean to be fair we know that there's going to be a Donkey Kong movie after this. Oh, yeah, we definitely know about that. But, uh, I mean, who knows at this point? But, uh, actually, the Donkey Kong movie actually gives me more intrigue because, like, you know, is that where is that the point where, you know, if they're going to be doing origin stories of, like, all these Nintendo characters, does that necessarily mean that we're going to be seeing Mario as a villain in Ooh, the, uh, in the okay, Donkey Kong movie? Okay, that's going to be interesting. Are they going to go for the Nintendo direction or are they going to go for the Rare Rare direction? I would go with the Rare Rare direction if I was being But if that's the case, then that's going to be Donkey Kong's grandson. Yeah, like, uh, well, yeah, I think it's, um, well, yeah, Again, like, you know, it's, it's the movie storytelling of the character so likely it is like yeah. maybe in this in this in the cinematic universe it's going to be Donkey Kong Cranky Kong just happens to basically be his yeah exactly yeah who knows Mike? I, I don't know but well, um, the worst thing they could do is based off Donkey Kong 64 or Donkey Kong Country the animated series uh, oh good <laughs> great hey. Yo, Donkey Kong. Here's Donkey Kong. Here yeah. we go, bananas. No bananas. <laughs> oh. oh, and they did the whole thing with, like, you know, uh, the... Uh, oh, Shower you with coconut cream yeah, pies. Yeah, right. oh. <laughs> that sounds as pornographic as it, as, it, as it does in my head. Yeah, definitely does. Oh, no way. Moving on, moving on. I'm all about that for that voice actor because, like, you know, you, you can see that like, he had a phenomenal singing voice. Oh, and, well, that was uh, two different actors. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I feel like one was something. one was the singing voice, the other one was the acting voice. Oh, right, I thought it was the person. singing voice was great. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah I, I feel bad for the the, uh, the person who did the singing voice to Donkey going in that. Like, yeah, you know, he he did a great job. Yeah, it's like uh, how did he keep a straight face afterwards? I didn't know. <laughs> I, 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 
I, I lo- I'd love to sit down with him. You know, not as I do an interview with him because you know that'd be kind of weird. But uh, <laughs> I think you know, uh, you know, because he, all you do is sing at me. But uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why do that? Why do you know? Remember, like, you see all the characters like do the singing voices of like you know. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder yeah. if that was just like that was just them. It was exactly, like exactly. It's like you'll be basically introducing him as like, so are you ready for the podcast? And they'll be go. He'll be go like, um, here we go with this monkey business or yeah, something like, like that. You know, I don't know. <laughs> Welcome to McDonald's. I'm gonna take your order. I want a Big Mac with cheese. <laughs> oh. Okay. Where, where are we going with this? Uh, where were we going with this? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, Mario Chris Pratt. Yeah, yeah, Chris, Chris Pratt. Pratt. Mario. So he's going to do a unique voice for Mario. Like, well, let's just hope it's not overtly racist to start off with. <laughs> oh, I, mean, yeah. I hope one. not. I hope it's not yeah. like a stereotypical Italian, Italian accent. accent. Oh, it's a stereotypical Japanese accent. Imagine. Oh. oh. I wonder if Shigeru Miyamoto was in the room when he was doing that. <laughs> I think he's seriously questioning what he's got himself in. So, oh no! But no, 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 uh, no, no, no. yeah, mind you, like the fact that he did it with both the directors. And keep in mind, Shigeru Miyamoto is one of the directors of yes, this movie. Is. This yes. is his debuting. This is, he's, he's this is a de- his debut as a movie director, pretty much. Yes, yes, he is. So, and he is keeping a close eye on this. He doesn't want to, the the fiasco that happened with the live action movie happen again with Elimination. So, well, he, he he's only fiasco. Period. I think you know, regardless of whatever he creates. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, you, know, you know, I mean, like I know how he. Yeah. Is, you know, know a is, delayed yeah. game is eventually, uh, you know, well, no, a rush game is forever bad. A delayed game is eventually good. Well, it's I, not I, just that. Like, you know, uh, you, you heard about what Reggie said that to say about Miyamoto. Like, you know, where he was, uh, you know, everyone's really, you know, uh, on, on not, not trading on eggshells, but like, they really do worry about, like, upsetting him. Of course. Like, you know, except I mean, for Reggie, except, you know, who that is. I mean, this is the same guy <laughs> who is not allowed to ride his bike in Japan because they fear that he's going to be run over. Yeah. So they get he gets like a specific car where people drive him to so that they can keep him protected. So, yeah. He's yeah. like the president of the United States. Like, they have like, you know, like portions of blood, like, you know, on, on sandbikes, because, you know, he does end up being shot or something. I, like. I mean, at this point, I mean, you have to understand, I mean, he is the face of Nintendo. Even though he's not the president, he is literally the man who keeps everything afloat with Nintendo with his games. So, mm-hmm. you know, Mario, Zelda, Donkey Kong, Pikmin. I mean, this guy has done it all. Exactly. Yeah, and like he, he's revered in Japan. He is like he is like the guy the guy that everyone knows his name. Yep. Everyone knows what he's just about. Everyone, you know, he's like he's just and on top of that, like a lot of international fans of Nintendo around the world love him too because of course. he's created them basically their childhoods. You know, for for many to enjoy. I mean, we're talking about like an over. 40-year career. Exactly, yeah. So, and so I mean, this is what Chris Pratt's uh, take on Miyamoto would be. Like, uh, it must have been a... something that Miyamoto must have been really happy with. Yeah, so, like, well, if the fact that he did voices in front of Miyamoto, like, and he managed to find one way he liked it, and then the other director liked it, like, he went through two uh, channels of certification for this voice. So yeah. I can probably imagine that, you know, interesting to see what it ends up being. You know, I'm actually really being. curious about this, too. Maybe it's going to be a Swedish accent. Like you know, like yeah. Mario's Swedish accent. I'm Swedish chef from uh, from from. <laughs> 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 Oh, boy. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Moving on. So, going into Nintendo news again. So, there's rumors going around that there's going to be a Nintendo Direct next week. Mm. And it's going to be focusing on third-party games. So, uh, according to the Spanish video video game magazine Manual, um, there was a a uh, Twitch stream that was um, being done by Nacho Requenda, who was the editor of that magazine, where he said, we should have a Nintendo Direct this coming Tuesday. This will 
mainly be focused on third-party games. That's what I've been told to inspect. I've also been told that some Persona game will be present, though I don't know which game. I've also been told that there will be another game that has been available for some time on other platforms. It's been available for four years now. Um... Uh, another games writer claimed that there will be a Nintendo Direct that will be taking place next week, according to VGC's own source uh, at the time. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it as far as we know. So, uh, yeah, two sources say that there will be one uh, Nintendo Direct next week, and there will be a focus on third-party support, which either for some Nintendo fans they'll be really excited about, and then there'll be some others who will be really upset about it. Yeah. So, I mean, in regards to... The one thing that Nintendo has always struggled with, all the way back to the GameCube days, has always been third-party support. Like, uh, there's just... It's, I mean, okay, it's always have a fee for game on there from time to time, but you know, like it's never been the Nintendo sports games have never really been the definitive ports. So everyone's always either gone to PlayStation or gone to Xbox yeah. or played it on PC. Like so, I mean, like Nintendo, you know, traditionally has always lagged behind all the other consoles in regards to third-party support. So I mean, like you know, Nintendo fans should be welcoming this with open arms, regardless of you know, where the third party is going to be. Because at least they're going to say, oh hey, no, don't get me wrong. Like you know, if you look on the Switch store now, like you know, they have plenty of support. Like oh, many yeah, people sure. are making plenty of games for them as well, including like you know, funny. Like you know, some of those like you know, you know these uh, racy, hen, hen, you know, uh, uh, anime, you know, uh, yeah, titles yeah, as yeah, well, exactly. which are mainly for like adults only. Like they're coming out on Nintendo on a Nintendo console. I know, right? That's crazy. Yeah, and you have Doom, you have Mortal Kombat 11. Yeah, exactly. You have um, you know, a whole bunch of games. They know where the gamers are. That's you exactly. know, Nintendo have, have learned from you know various mistakes over the last several decades, and they know what to do. So yeah, really and also they that. know that just because it's a third party support, uh, you know, support a game, it doesn't mean it's a good one. I mean. Unless we forget about the Wii and its shovelware. Oh yeah, exactly. So it's just this. Uh um, Nintendo need these events, you know, for people to say, okay, here's we got third-party support. If you buy one of our products, you know, you're not just stuck with the Nintendo library if you don't necessarily find it. If you feel like you want to be more general and want to play other games, they're available. Yes. And here's a Nintendo Direct that says that they're there. Right. So this this isn't necessarily about. Don't get me wrong. Like you know, if they turn around and say, oh hey, you know, we're going to try and do, you know, uh, here's some really, you know, uh, characters that you've never ever heard of, and uh, you know, they're just being introduced now and uh, you're not really giving a reason to care about them I mean like okay f fair enough mind you one thing good thing that could come out of this is like you know uh, there's been talk about Gex you know, we oh, talked yeah. about Gax, you know, we like, talked about yeah. that last week. Yeah. Like, as well, yeah, like, you know, imagine if Nintendo is trying to say, oh, hey, it's the return of Gax. Like, you know, like, uh, I'm sure there's a lot of hardcore, you know, gaming fans will be really into that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that only the niche hardcore gaming fans will be into Gax. Um, although I've heard, um, you know, some rumors about it for quite a while. I mean, we talked about this a while ago where Square Enix sold a lot of um, their um, the rights to various video game franchises to another company, and then they booked off of NFT. NFTs and cryptocurrency, and that turned out to be a disaster. Exactly. So now they're, they're up for sale. Thing yeah, now, yeah, they are up for sale from the last time that we heard, and we don't know if Sony or anybody else is going to pick them up. But anyway, so yeah, the Gex, um, you know, franchise is up for grabs for anybody who's interested in picking it up. Yeah. And what was the last Gex game that came out, like around the PlayStation and the Nintendo 64? Great. Like, I, I'm, I'm, you know, the last good 3DO. I mean, I only know this from people who are like really hardcore with the 3DO, but I mean, they're always, uh, you know, nostalgic for like, you know, those Gex games. Yeah. And, 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 and if you remember, um, I many years ago, I interviewed uh, somebody known as Gex Up. Uh, he was uh, a guy who actually reviewed a lot of the Gex games. He reviewed 
reviewed the 3DO game. He reviewed the second game that was on the Nintendo 64 and PlayStation. He reviewed the third game. So, yeah, those were the only ones that I know of. So, yeah. Yeah, so we're talking about like over 25 years since the last Gex game. Exactly, yeah. So, it'd be be interesting to see. Mind you, the worst thing the Nintendo Direct could do is like, oh, hey, everybody, Busby's back. You know, like, uh, oh, that, that, yeah. uh, Buck Bumble's back. Yeah, like, uh, oh, you remember Glover? Like, you know, <laughs> remember oh. Chameleon Twist? Yeah, exactly. So Remem- they- remember, uh, Ty the Tasmanian Tiger? Like, uh, it's like, oh, hey, it's a, it's a, it's another soccer game. So the thousands of other soccer games that are currently out there. You know, like, yeah. Mega Man Soccer Two. I know. <laughs> Like it's just this. Uh, even Mario's doing soccer now, so it's like you know. Oh uh, well, I mean, not... to be fair, I've heard a lot of good reviews on Mario Striker. Well, well, it's yeah, but I mean, I, I actually play. I tried to get into Mario Strikers when it first came out on the Wii, and I don't know, like you just, uh, I, I guess it wasn't uh, the, the football games that you know I'm accustomed to in regards to FIFA and regards to like you know. Oh sure, I mean soccer. they're not meant to be. They're supposed to be over the top. I, and exactly. Ridiculous. Yeah. So I mean, I thought there would be some aspects I could probably enjoy with it, but there wasn't. Fair enough. Like, fair yeah. enough. I mean, you know, I, I'm I've always been a big fan of like over-the-top sports. I mean, I've, that's why I love the NBA Street Games. and yeah. um, uh, I just thought Mario Strikers was going to have, like, the same, you know, uh, feeling of, like, you know, when Mario Kart was first announced, yeah, it was yeah, like, Mario sure. Kart wasn't supposed to be anything, really. Like, they only threw in Mario at the last minute, you know. Yeah, exactly. It was supposed it. to be, like, just some game, and then they threw Mario characters in there. And but then, then it became, like, a really fun game that everyone wanted to play. Yeah. And so then when it went online, everyone went nuts for it. Like, <laughs> you know, Mario Kart, Mario Kart 7 Deluxe has to be, like, the longest-lasting, you know, version of Mario Kart... Yeah. Yeah, but but to be fair, it's not a Need for Speed, and it's not a Gran Turismo. Mm. It's not like those kind of racing games. Exactly, yeah. But you know, it's a fun little racing game, and you know, but at the same time, it is a racing game. So at least you can grab to onto that concept of it. You know, in regards to Mario Strikers, it doesn't feel have that same feel. Yeah, mm. yeah. But at the same time, I think that. Um, you know, regarding about like the various games that uh, will be announced on this Nintendo Direct, I think that would be kind of interesting if there's going to be Persona. I mean, a lot of people love the Persona games. And uh, if there's going to be more information about, oh, there's going to be a Monster Hunter. Oh, there's going to be um, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. More information about that. Or, hey, there's going to be some more Fire Emblem games. I mean, no, that that would be uh, with um, Nintendo. But and, anyway, regardless. So I think that if more people would be open up to having these third-party games as opposed to being like, uh, where's Zelda? Where's Pokemon? I want to be able to play the games now. Where's Breath of the Wild Part 2? I'm waiting for it. (laughs) Give it a chance, people. I mean, people want to see these third-party games and they want to be able to support them. Otherwise, they're going to go jacking up to a hundred bucks because you didn't buy it the first time. I think a lot of also hardcore Nintendo fans also want to see F-Zero return as well. I think they want to see the definitive, like, you know, they want to see like a port of uh, Star Fox Zero, you know, without the you know oh, the, control, the controls, I yeah. want to see it on Nintendo Switch, and I think that those are the things I'd say, you know, Nintendo fans really do want to see. I mean, look what happened with Skyward Sword. Everybody hated that game when it came out on the Wii, and then when it came out on the Switch, everybody loves it now. Exactly, yeah. So I think uh, there's some revisions I think they need to do, like in yeah. regards to that. So yeah. But, uh, you know, well, we drifted away quite a lot from Chris Pratt's voice here, you know. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, I think we were already done talking about that. But, yeah, we just wanted to briefly talk about the Nintendo Direct. Right. Oh, yeah, exactly. So, anyway, Nintendo Direct's uh, rumors be coming out soon. I'm, I'd be excited for it. So, sure. Yeah, let's and, go and for if it. it. And if it does come out next week, then we will talk about it in Aaron and Patricia. Hey, Nintendo's announcing stuff. We should be happy, you know. Like... Exactly, especially since there's no E3 this year. It's been mm-hmm. canceled. Exactly, yeah. 
So, um, moving on. Oh my goodness! Yeah, we are <laughs> oh, talking about this. Oh no, we're talking about Caillou. Yeah, Caillou, which we, we thought we were actually done with. In I know. To this we guy. thought so we were no, done with it. The, uh, here's the thing about this. So, as far as I'm aware, this is going to be a 3D retelling of the uh, I don't of know. the of the other sh- of the other episodes. Yeah, yeah. That were so, done. so this is going to yes. be a complete waste of time. <laughs> From what I understand, so Caillou is based off of a book series. And um, they adapted it very similar to like how Arthur was adapted in which they just they focus on the books and the early episodes and then they just went off from there like for many years. And I take it that, you know, oh, you know, Caillou ended like a few years ago and we talked about this on Aaron and Patricia a while back and we we've never seen the show, but we heard a lot of people just praising God saying, thank you, it's over. And then we looked up INDV reviews and we just saw how people hated it because it was actually harmful for children. And so we thought, okay, we're done with it. And then we just literally saw on Twitter that, nope, there's going to be a new CGI Caillou series done by Wild Brain and released on Peacock. So... Nope, we're not done with Caillou yet, and we saw the three D. Is, 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 is Peacock just immune to subscribers? Like you know, like as I was aware, Peacock's not doing very well. Well, I mean, Peacock is NBC's streaming service. Yeah. So they have a lot of shows on NBC that you can tune into, like Saturday Night Live and The Office and various things. So, and also a lot of the DreamWorks films are on. Peacock. But do these bring in the subscribers, though? That's the only thing. That's the thing, because I had Peacock for a brief time because it was under the cable provider that we gotten the box from. So... But we, if, you, if you hadn't got the... If we hadn't box, gotten it, we you would not have got Peacock. No. Exactly. Like, no, we, I mean, we no. have Netflix. We have Disney+. Plus. I have a Hulu account. I am perfectly content with all the stuff that... Oh, and Paramount+, Plus too, because my dad watches Star Trek. So I'm perfectly content with all the stuff that I have. Exactly. Well, Oh, this this also, is the problem that Peacock has. Like you know, there's just there's other good stuff to watch. Like exactly. you know, like if you're into Law and Order, fair enough. Like you know, I'm into yeah. Law and Order. It's not Special Victims Unit. I, don't I like know Special you don't Victims like Special Victims. Unit. I like Law. I like the classic Law and Order. Like yeah. you know, they, that's available on Peacock, and you know, you can watch the classic episodes on there. Yeah, and fair also enough. you know, and also The Office too, which is a um you know a great sitcom, and Parks and Rec, and The Off, and uh, Thirty Rock, and various other shows. You know, those are great too. Yeah, but it, I, I mean, our normal circumstances. I would have never gotten Peacock if I had gotten that um, cable box from Comcast. Yeah, but this is the thing. Like, people are just kind of like stumbling across Peacock. They're not necessarily like, going out and necessarily getting it. So that's yeah, the thing. At, at least... <laughs> At least it's not uh, various other streaming services in which that came and went. Like, uh, oh boy. Oh, what's that Butch Hartman one that he tried to do? Oh, yeah, the, the, that one. The Oaxis entertainment thing. Whatever. Yeah, and then there was like, a, what was it? Like the, uh, was it, what was it called? Quib? Oh, oh, Quibby. Quibby. Oh, they were yeah, the, the Quibby, that, that thing that only lasted for like less than a year, and that was where are you, um, the Legends of the Hidden Temple remake was going to be at. Exactly, yeah. So, like, it's just, it's, um, yeah, like, this is only, unless you really have some something that people really want to reach out and watch you know you're you're going to struggle in regards to streaming because people aren't going to want to pay like tons and tons of subscribe subscriptions like you know um i think the well, the average subscription i think right now is like you know like 30 40 dollars yeah month, about month, i mean we have like what like stuff. like maybe 9.99 for netflix because they raised the prices because of course they did mm-hmm. and you have like 4.99 a month for disney plus or if you want to have it as like 7.99 if you want to include um no i think it's like 
$14.99, I'm sorry. $14.99 if you want to include Disney+, Plus, ESPN, and Hulu. And then there's also maybe a few other dollars for Paramount+. Plus, and then there's also a few other dollars for Apple TV. And then there's a few other dollars for Amazon Prime. And then there's Hulu. There's just so much. Yeah, and then also, on top of that as well, like, you... I would say that a lot of young people have, like, probably, like, you know, they Netflix. have one... Well, no, here's the thing, how I would say, uh, plan it out. I have... For me, this is me personally, but I have one... One for watching television, and I have one for like listening to radio and listening to uh, to uh, to you know to streaming music. Okay, those are the only I always I always narrow it down to two. So right now the one that I've going got right now is Disney Plus, and the other one I got right now is Apple Music. Those okay. are the, those are the two things that I've got right now. Yeah, I so. have. Um uh, let's see. For my family, uh, we have Netflix, we have uh, Paramount Plus, we have Disney Plus. I have Hulu, and in addition to Hulu, I also have Spotify because um, I had gotten that deal when I was a college student. So mm. I gotten that, uh, and also um, for a brief time, I tried out Amazon Prime to watch a few things. Uh, that's actually where I saw well, I, a Borat subsequent movie film. Well, if you remember, yeah, we did that for um, we we got the the free trial to like you know watch some stuff. But, yeah, we, uh, we, yeah, yeah, we never kept it. That's the no, other we thing. never kept it and um yeah th- there's just a few others that are like in the background and peacock was always one of them i never tuned into peacock the only time in which i did was the olympics were airing on on nbc and so we would watch like um reruns of like all the olympic events that were happening and we picked like specific ones it's like okay we want to watch figure skating we want to watch um curling we want to watch this and that that's the only time in which i watched a ton of uh programs on peacock other than that i pretty much ignored it exactly and uh, in regards to like um, you know other streaming services, I just you know um, I probably watched maybe one or two things, and then after that, it never it yeah, never, it and, never and, lasted a month. Yeah, exactly. And if we're talking about for for children, especially preschoolers, we got Disney Plus. I mean, they have a lot of preschool stuff over there, like Mickey Mouse Clubhouse and Bluey. And then there's also Netflix. They have a ton of preschool stuff over there as well. Um, Paramount Plus has the Nick Jr. division. Um, and, you know, there there's like uh, YouTube has a lot of stuff for the preschoolers. So it's like... What, what is Caillou going to do to stand out to Abs- help Peacock out? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Nothing is going to make us stand up. Yeah, it's just, it's, uh, I, I, again, like, uh, this feels like a complete waste of time. Like, well, uh, that, did people even want it this? No. It's very similar to when no, Johnny Test. Didn't. It's like similar to when Johnny Test came back. And then, um, you know, when the Johnny Test Facebook page, oh, I, I feel bad for uh, that. By the way, this isn't like, uh, you know, uh, adults turning around saying, oh, you know, uh, like, uh, we don't want to watch Caillou because of like you know, and people are going to say, "Well, it's not for your demographic." No, exactly. A lot of like us right now have our own children and do not want to subject them to basically what we saw as basically terrible kids programming. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we read on IMDb, you know, comment after comment after comment of parents saying this is harmful for my children because in one episode Caillou did this to his sister and that was rude and I was shocked by it or Caillou um, acted like a spoiled brat when he didn't get his way and he didn't apologize for it or he didn't clean up his act it's like this is harmful for children yeah and uh, do, you think, do you think Caillou's gonna, is going to be able to compete with the likes of Peppa Pig and like uh, well the, uh, I mean the here's the of... thing I mean only until I came here did I see how huge Peppa Pig is Peppa Pig is huge like you know and it's uh, it's all it's, it's been around long enough old enough to drink you know like it's just it's uh, you know like uh, the, the Peppa Pig phenomenon is still going on there's various other you know 
know, uh, younger, you know, Nick Jr. is obviously rolling with whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Moment. I mean, but, Nick Jr. has Paw Patrol. Exactly, yeah. Paw Patrol is, well, is also one of them as well. By the way, I saw the Paw Patrol movie, you know, so I was a bit clueless about why it wasn't nominated for an Oscar, but, you know, like, uh, there yeah, we yeah. Are. But, the, I mean, Paw Patrol in America is huge. We uh, in uh, Where I live uh, currently, uh, well, I mean, not in the UK, but, you know, back at home in America, um, there was a stage show of Paw Patrol. There was the movie, as we mentioned before. Yep. Whenever I go to sh- do shopping, I see toys and merchandise of it everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. And also, Disney also have their, uh, you know, uh, younger uh, generation stuff as yes, well. Yes, they, yeah, they, exactly. they have a ton of it. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, what should we call it? What's the name? Uh, the uh, the princess. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. Sophia the Sophia, First. Sophia the First. Exactly, yeah. So, I mean, there's already this, like, you know, all these other, you know, all these other streaming services, all these other characters already established, uh, you know, where they're parents can easily take their you know their younger kids to you know between you know the ages of two and five and say stick them in front of them and say you know i know that they're going to get you know entertained probably right. even learn a couple of things as well caillou for peacock is going to do none of that none of that at all uh, i would say here's the thing like if they decided to like you know reboot the entire you know if they, decided, like, they say okay we're going to start fresh you know caillou is not going to be the shitty self that he was in the previous shows we're going to do this completely differently they say they say they toned down dennis the menace like you know like, i didn't like the fact that they toned down Dennis the Menace. Well, hold on, hold on. Yeah. British or American? British British Dennis okay, the Okay, so I guess we have to talk about it because they did the same thing for the American version. So you talk about the British version. Yes, I mean, like, so for the British version, they toned some things down, like, you know, where Walter was not as, uh, as softy or as, like, you know, as girly as he was, you know, where we're back in the original show. Like, you know, where Dennis doesn't, like, go out to cause trouble. He basically inadvertently caused, causes yeah. trouble through, you know, just basically being a bit, being an innocent kid. You know, yeah, like, you and, know, and, just, and our version of Dennis the Menace, uh, yeah, but, but Believe it or not, uh, everybody, there are two Dennis the Menaces that came out literally one day apart by pure coincidence. We have no idea how that happened. Anyway, so our American version of Dennis the Menace, he started off as an awful, awful kid who did absolutely terrible things just for the sake of it because he was a little shit. But then, after a few decades, especially when they brought it back for the 1950s, and then it was re, uh, then they re-aired it in the 80s because that was when people were nostalgic for it, then they had the animated series in the 80s, and then they made the movie out of it, Dennis had completely changed where he was just a, a kid who inadvertently did bad things, but he didn't mean to. Yeah. Wait, wasn't it the movie as well? The live action movie of Dennis? Yes, like, there yeah, was, was a live action movie of Dennis the Menace where yeah. they had Walter Matthau as Mr. Wilson, the next door neighbor, who hated the character of Dennis the Menace because he caused so much trouble. Yeah. So, I mean, like, uh, there's one celebrity death match that we missed out on Dennis the Menace versus Dennis the Menace, the British version versus the UK version. You know, death the, the, battle, get on that! Exactly, yeah. Like, that's one thing I want to see Dennis, <laughs> Dennis versus Dennis. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So, but uh, like, again, going back to, like, was it, you know, Kaiu, he's not going to do anything for, you know, no, not just because we don't have any, like, you know, young the children to like you know put them in front yeah, of them exactly. Like, exactly yeah but you know for a lot of people like you know they already have options like you know Peppa Pig is an option Sophia the First is an option you know like and Mickey uh, Mouse Clubhouse is, is an, an option. option exactly like you know um, all the parents out there have already pretty much made up their minds of what they're going to put in and Caillou is not going to nope know, it's not even uh, like the the, 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 the the reputation of the character your represents your your um, reputation precedes you effectively yeah. in regards to Caillou and so um, I don't think he's going to make much of it I think he's just going to just come and go I think yeah it's opinion. just going to come and go I mean people will be looking back on this 10 years from now it's like that existed yeah mm-hmm 
Okay, uh, we're going to move on to video game stuff now. All uh, right. Because, like, I was say we weren't talking about Nintendo uh, Direct before, but... Uh, yeah, exactly, but uh, no, we're, we're talking about Sega this time. Mm -hmm. And uh, recently, Sonic Origins has been released. And we talked about Sonic Origins before, where they released the first four uh, classic Sonic the Hedgehog games. Sonic 1, Sonic 2, Sonic 3 and & Knuckles, and Sonic CD. And we were talking about, like, okay, I mean, this has been released a hundred times before. Like, okay, maybe for, like, uh, you know, for the new generation, they would get into it. And we thought okay maybe there'll be some new features there'll be some new characters and all that stuff that's cool but little did we know that there was going to be a particular change in sonic 3 and knuckles so uh, i'm sure that a lot of hardcore fans know about this but for those who don't so around the 90s a particular very well-known king of pop known as michael jackson was brought into sega to help make music for sonic the hedgehog 3 because he was really happy with what they did with michael jackson's moonwalker and so he was brought in to do the music and unfortunately he was not happy with the way it sounded and so he left the project well that's the story like you know they, this came around after you know the first kid yeah made, made so the the, okay i'll get to that so yeah. It just so happens that roughly around the same time where he was not happy with the way that the sound quality of the Sega Genesis or Mega Drive was, then we had the first allegation with Michael Jackson and the infamous case of him with the relationship with the 14-year-old boy over in Neverland. And yeah, you already know that story. Yeah, so Michael Jackson's name is not in the credits when you're looking at the music. And because, um, you know, this was kind of like swept under the rug, a lot a lot of gamers did not know about this until a f like around 2007 a youtuber compared the music of one of michael jackson's albums to the music of sonic 3 and there was this huge debate for years about whether michael jackson's music was actually in sonic 3 and they talked to brad buckster who was one of michael jackson's companions and he was the producer of a lot of his music and who worked on the soundtrack of sonic 3 his name is in the credits mm. so you know and he, you know, said that, you know, at one point Michael Jackson was there and, you know, he was unsatisfied with it and, you know, we just left it at there. Although I have not played Sonic 3, I have not listened to the music. And so Game Trailer did this amazing video back in 2015 where they did, you know, a, a, um, you know, an investigation on whether that Michael Jackson did do the music for Sonic 3. Now we can completely confirm, according to a recent interview from Yuji Naka, the creator of Sonic himself, said, yes, Michael Jackson did do the music for Sonic 3 and because of that because that the music of that Michael Jackson did do is in Sonic 3 they had to do alternative songs for that in Sonic Origins and a lot of people are not happy with it Yuji Naka is not happy with it well again like I mean there's variables in regards to that like you know the fact that it was Michael Jackson's music that ended up in there and I mean, probably there's going to be like legal issues in it was, to that it was yeah, mostly due to legal issues but then not, also not, there's, there's the, 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 the fact that you know there's some people who believe that Michael Jackson did, you know, molest those yes, kids. Exactly. And then, so then there's that too. But I mean, like, uh, let's say, let's put all that aside. Let's say that the the the, uh, the official story was true that okay. you know Michael Jackson was not happy and did not want his name on on the music yes. that was in Sonic Three. Let's say that was true. Okay. I mean, 
I sort of see his points of view, because if you see how the Sega Mega Drive or the Genesis was built, it was built purely for the uh, the CPU that was in the machine. Everything else was a second thought. Right. So, like, the idea was, like, to make the game go as quickly as it possible, but in regards to, like, you know, how it sounded and how it's... And now, I'm sure there's some people who say, oh, I love the music that comes out of, like, the Sega Genesis and the, sure, uh, Super, sure. and the Mega Drive. But I've got to be honest with you, I think the Sega... I think the Super Nintendo had a way better sound it system. It did have a way better sound system. Yeah. because they were able to implement the synthesized instruments better and also they had composers who were able to work around the limitations. Exactly, yeah. So uh, I think um, this, if uh, Michael Jackson was working on a, a game for the Super Nintendo, I guarantee he'd probably have a, a more decent time. Yeah, with, I'm, know, sure, I'm sure if he was, work, I'm sure if he was doing the music for Super Mario World, I'm sure that the music probably would have sounded a lot better. Yeah, but so, I mean, well, let's face it, like, you know, Sega was the cool, thing, cool console exactly, at the time. Yeah. Yeah. All the cool kids were playing, playing Mega Drive and Genesis. Well, he, so. he, he was really, as, as mentioned before, they did Michael Jackson's Moonwalker. He was really happy with it. He also loved Sonic. Yeah. So he was thrilled to have the opportunity to do the music for Sonic the Hedgehog 3 and Knuckles. But it just didn't happen. And so uh, if that official story is true. So it, I think that... Um, you know, the music that was featured that was, um, you know, showcased with um, Michael Jackson's music in Sonic 3. Uh, you guys know about Ice Cap Zone, Carnival Zone, and various other ones, and even the end credits. So, um, yeah, if you listen to that, and if you compare it over to uh, Trouble in Moscow, which was the album that was released at the time, mm -hmm. there are a lot of similarities um, to to it. I mean, I you know, go look up the YouTube video from like over 15 years ago where the guy compared it. it it's uncanny. Yeah. So anyway, well, um, Sonic Origins. Uh, I mean, you can still, you know. I mean, sure, you, you, you can go pay, pick up like you know. If you have a working, you know, Sega Genesis or a Sega Mega yes. Drive, there are there are literally loads and loads of like pre-owned copies of Sonic Three. Yeah. You, if you want to have the original music, you can. And also, I mean, like we don't condone it, but you know, you can also get you know emulators as yeah, well. Yeah, like, you, you know, could. Yeah. I, I am super lucky that I do own the uh, Sega Genesis Classic Collection because um, they actually do have Sonic One, Two, and Three. Sure, it's not the updated 10, you know, 1080p widescreen 60 frames per second one, yeah. but at least it still has the original music and it plays still pretty well. And I understand that because Sonic Origins is out, a lot of the uh, compilations of Sonic games are being taken down in favor of this. Okay. It's like what happened with the Star Wars Special Editions, isn't it? Like, you know, like, uh, this is like, uh, oh, no, this is the way that it was supposed to be, you know, like, it's just, no, dude. Like, you know, those, um, my, my goodness, that's what they're doing right now. Like, you know, those, uh, those are pre-owned copies of like, you know, Sonic the Hedgehog. Like, I, I even own Sonic 3 as yeah. well. Like, you know, they're going to become far more valuable. Yeah. Know, because they have Michael Jackson's music in it. <laughs> well, I mean, you have the, do you have the Knuckles uh, cartridge as well? Uh, no, actually, no, I don't have that yet. Oh, okay. So you need to have the full version. Oh, okay. Then cool. Anyway, but yeah, so, um, if you, uh, so yeah, that's a stickler for people who own Sonic Origins. You're not going to get the full original soundtrack that was out back in 1993. You're going to get some new songs. Now, here's the thing. Aaron and I have not heard the new music that they replaced it with, but I did no. hear some reviews of it, and they said it's just nowhere near it's good. Well, of course it wasn't. It was, Michael Jackson made the original music. How are you going to top Michael Jackson? Exactly, yeah. Uh, I mean, they tried to get the original composer who did the other music for 
Sonic 3 to do it. But again, it just didn't turn out very well. It, it's very similar to the Dragon Ball Budokai games in which Kenji Yamamoto did the music for that. And then they found out that he actually plagiarized a lot of the music he did for those games. And so they had to replace it when it was out on PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360. And then people who were complaining about that saying, oh, but the music is nowhere near its good. Well, the reason why the music was nowhere near as good is because Yamamoto plagiarized good music from other sources. And so there was a legal issue that happened. So it's very similar to this case in which there's a legal issue involving with Michael Jackson's music being presented. And yeah, they don't want to deal with a whole bunch of like copyright stuff. Exactly. Anyway, uh, moving on from Sega, we're going to go to Neo Geo of all places. Wow, that's yeah, really interesting. So this movie, this uh, news is kind of old for a couple of people, but uh, apparently uh, there was a data mine that was that was leaked of, uh, of of stuff for the Nintendo Switch. Okay, uh, stuff that might be released for the Virtual Console, and so and some things that were found in there, for surprisingly, included Neo Geo Pocket games. Wow. So uh, there are six potentially games that are potentially going to be coming to uh, the uh, to the Switch. Yeah, I'll just name for you now. So these were all in the Neo Geo. And by the way, um, I mean me and Patricia, just to put an introduction onto this, we never really got acquainted with Neo Geo no, all that much. Like, you know, the original Neo Geo, like, you know, the, it was supposed to be a console that was supposed to be like the arcade. Like, yes. you know, there was the arcade controllers and then there was like, then there was the cartridges. <laughs> That, the big cartridges. The big, big massive cartridges. They weighed a ton. I think uh, in the um, in the intro of the Angry Video Game, you can actually see him weighing one of the cartridges <laughs> and like just being amazed at like how much it weighed. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So like you know the yeah it was uh, also I believe that Neo Geo was also insanely expensive as well. Like, it was super expensive. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like it was just it, it was it was a geek's console pretty much in regards to that. Who yeah. Was, for, if you didn't want to, if you don't waste quarters in the in the arcade games, you basically got a Neo Geo. Yeah. Yeah. Then, I mean you, you got like Metal Slug and you got like various other games from the arcade that you can be able to play at home but um yeah it was super expensive and also you know super nintendo and sega genesis just or mega drive just basically just overtook commercials and uh you know i saw it in toy stores and all that kind of stuff i never saw a neo geo commercial and i didn't really see it in the toy stores either no it's like it was mainly advertised to like you know people who went to the arcade like you know it yeah, was just yeah. it was it was that was the um that that was the demographic for neo geo and right. uh, so i mean like it was um I, yeah again like you could just look at it you could not see this thing being you know uh, a, a commercial success when you really look um, at it uh, no, that's just me sure but, uh, yeah so um anyway going into uh the uh, neo geo uh, pocket games that are going to be released uh, onto potentially might be released on nintendo switch they include baseball star colors okay uh gambit neo pokecon uh, uh, the King of Fighters. Oh uh, yeah, Battle King of Fighters is also a huge one. Yeah, for Neo Battle of Paradise, uh, Neo Geo Cub 98 Plus, uh, Pocket Tennis Color, and uh, Fall 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 Easley. Uh, no. f- uh, fall. Fall Easley. False Slay. False Yeah, I, I something don't know. Like that, yeah. I, I, we, we don't know Neo Geo. False something like sure, that. Sure, sure. Yeah, so, um, but, so, you know, like, uh, again, like, uh, you know, Neo Geo arcades were fun when you, you know, when you had quarters and you had an arcade place sure, to play them. Sure. Yeah, they, they were fun games. But in regards to, like, you know, them being in, in the home console market, in regards to being mainstream as Mario and as mainstream as Sonic, you know, they were never going to be to be able to get touched in that it regard. Was, it was going to be really tough. I mean, you have, like, oh, uh, Mortal Kombat. Oh, you have Street Fighter. King of Fighters. I mean, I know King of Fighters has its fans as well, but still, it's like, when you have, like, 
you know, Killer Instinct and when you have all these major video game uh, fighting games, it's like, yeah, that's gonna be hard to top. It's like, oh, um, Contra on this side. Oh, um, Gunstar Heroes. Oh, you have Metal Slug. That, again, that's gonna be hard to top. Oh, you have the Bonk games. It's like, okay, we have Sonic and Mario. That's gonna be really hard to top. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but, you know, um, Neo Geo, I think, has a place in gaming history, I think, mm-hmm. and so, well, uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see, or, you know, just, uh, just in, uh, you know, with the Switch, but, you know, like, you know, on PlayStation Store, like on Xbox, or, you know, Live Arcade or anything like that, you know, like, you know, put, put, put them on there, you know, like, <laughs> people, people, sure people will love to play them, and, like, you know, see what they were like. Yeah, yeah, I, I, absolutely. I think that people would be just genuinely curious, especially since um, Neo Geo games are pretty expensive nowadays, and they're really hard to come by, so this will be a very affordable way to do it, as well as a very easy way to do it. Hmm. And finally, um, remember in television where oh, we were telling yes. about them about their console that uh, you know they wanted people to develop for and uh, oh, yeah, the one yeah. game that Tom, Tommy Tellerico was saying this is the console that's going to be good for the old school gamers that are just so overwhelmed with the the, the, compl- the, the console that can't play Doom. <laughs> Yeah, that that's the one. Yeah, the they, one that's. They, you know, recently they got a uh, a an LED uh, light uh, 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 a lamp to, uh, and they took the chip out of that and got that to play Doom. What? Yeah, yeah there's a, so there's a, there was a there was a, like a, a smart lamp that could also play Doom too. So uh, yeah, so yeah, so there's a lamp that can play Doom. There is a calculator that can play Doom. There's a pregnancy tester that can play Doom. And uh, but so you know the one thing you can't play Doom on is this thing. Yeah, the Intellivision Amico. So we talked about this a while ago, where we were talking about like, okay, this is what Tommy Tallarico wanted the Amico to be. It wanted. It, he was hoping that this would be a console that would get the gamers from the 80s and 90s to come back and play classic games that would be much easier to play nowadays because gaming today has become so complicated and so overly complex and detailed that they're just overwhelmed with it. It's like, come back to the, you know, the simpler times in which, you know, you had build a game where you can just rack up your points and, you know, it was like playing in the arcades and all that He was going for the high score, basically, for these games. And don't get me wrong, there is, there is nostalgia for stuff like this. I get that. Like, you know, there are a lot of people that want to play a game and, like, you know, tell, like, has a convoluted story and then, like, you know, has, like, you know, a surprise twist at the end. I get that. Yeah, yeah. People just want to basically just blast stuff and basically try and get to ramp up as high score as possible. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. They want to play things like Tetris. They want to play things like Columns. They want to play, like, Space Road, Base Invaders and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they want to play I, Galaga. They want to play Snake. They want to play, um, you know. You know, uh, you just want something that's just going to challenge you. You know, like yeah. uh, you know, you don't want like you know, like uh, you know, oh, I've got to you know get this for you a certain amount of XP so I can fight fight this boss on, like some godforsaken mountain, like you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna play a game that's like 12 hours long, but then I have to unlock the ending through a DLC because I didn't get the achievements on this. But then I have to play as this other character because I wasn't able to achieve the the stuff that I was supposed to do over there. Yes. I mean, like, get me in mind. You know, Breath of the Wild is fun, but like, it's not something I want to. There are times, you know, just in between, like, you know, five or ten minutes, I would like to play, like, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, other, you know, other puzzle games or like, you know, other like arcade games, yeah. if you will. Nothing that involves like, you know, having to like, you know, go around a story or anything like that. You yeah, know? yeah, and I enjoy playing Uncharted as well. Having to go for, uh, maybe an hour or so playing over in, uh, you know, the the Sahara Desert, and then maybe for a few minutes, I like to take a break and, um, you know, maybe play some Galaga. Exactly, yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, in regards to this, 
Like, Ooh, it, it's only gotten worse from here. First of all, I guess I need to mention this. So uh, Tommy Tallarico has actually left the company back in February. Oh, I, I'm not surprised. Yeah. So, yeah, um, the the, um, the position of the person in charge of the in television, it, it was... Um, uh, what was his name? Uh, I think his name is uh, Phil Adam. That's who it was. Okay, so that's major. That's major point number one. Major point number two was that um, there was a significant number of staff members who have left due to dramatically reined in operating costs. So yeah, um, how the, can that be possible? The, the, the system hasn't even been out yet. Yeah, this is. Yeah, do you get the feeling this is the ghost all over again? The, sorry, the phantom. The phantom. The phantom all over again. Like, yeah. remember, like they said, oh hey, this is this thing, and then it's like, oh, operating costs are getting a bit too high. Like you know, oh, and so like you know, uh, now the whole office needs to be condensed into like a PO box and things like that. It's like you know. And yeah, then the yeah. game was eventually canceled and never came out. Well, the console was actually it was console itself. Actually. Oh, the console, yeah, yeah the console. Yeah, so it, it was going to be based on Windows technology and things like. That. It's just you know, like uh, again. Like, like uh, they didn't, they they completely, in my opinion, like I would not get one of these things. I yeah. think they totally misread the audience. I think. Yeah. So let me just read off what Adam had, uh, Phil Adam had said about this. We are slowly processing refund requests. The public's uncertainty of our status in the last few months has understandably led to an influx of pre-order refund requests because of reduced staff and financing requirements for continued operation. Our responses to and processing of these requests have been delayed. Rest assured that our intention is to honor all refund requests we will allocate a portion of all new funding and staff time to winding down the refund queue while our primary focus is funding and completing a quality product ready for manufacturing so this was originally announced in 2018 and it was supposed to be released in 2020 but then due to covid and various other things that didn't turn out very well and then october 2021 it was available to open for uh you know for purchase for 150 dollars with eight games included and then Tommy Tallarico left in February and then March had a uh, cut of the fundraising campaign short and, and it was supposed to you know make five million dollars they only raised fifty eight thousand dollars isn't this isn't this just like come on guys it's time to give up I mean, maybe they are giving up now. Like, you know, now there's going to be staff on the staff being yeah, let go yeah. and stuff so like that. Yeah, so we're looking at pictures right now of the Intellivision Amico and just, like, pictures of what the games look like. Yeah, it looks like a really old iPod, you know, connected to, like, you know, a, an old phone deck. Yeah, know. it does, actually. And uh, we're, we're looking at one of the cartridges for one of the games. The Intel, uh, the, it's called Finnegan Fox. And it looks like a cartridge from the Intellivision from the 70s and the 80s. And um, what's the thing that's on, that's on top of it? Like, is that like a collector coin or something? Probably like it's that? a collector coin for those who donated, yeah. All right, then. Yeah, so ugh, the television amico is not doing very well. It's, I don't think we're going to see it. I think I think it's uh, I think that's it. I think you know I'll be very surprised. I mean, if they do release something, I don't think it's going to be on the mass quantity they're expecting it to. I mean, and if anything, I think it's going to just have like you know it's going to be released to people who basically want to have a giggle about it on YouTube. Yeah, I, I, I can guarantee. And according to what um you know Phil Adams said, he said that we're hoping that we will start shipping this year. But hoping, hoping, <laughs> but. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. But we'll, 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 when we hear more information about it, we'll let you know. But in the meanwhile, yeah, it's this ship is just continuing to sink. I want to see if someone can actually develop Doom on it and uh, see if they can get that playing. But if not, I think if it can't, if it, if it can't do enough to play Doom, then I think you know, I think we know where we're going with this. <laughs> Ten years from now, the AVGN will be doing a video on this. I know this is a really bad way to end a podcast, but I really need to go to the bathroom right now. So I think <laughs> if we could, uh, you know, okay, I think we're gonna, just gonna end it right here. Yeah, I think we end it right there. All right, everybody. Well, hope you're enjoying these uh, video versions of our. Yes, I hope that you and, are. Uh, yeah, I hope you're not. Too, and I hope you're not too confused with the people who are listening still on Anchor and uh, you know not be able to see us. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. But anyway, um, we're going to leave it there, and uh, we're going to see you can see a lot more content coming out for uh, Old School Lane. Yeah, we're going to be seeing so, yeah. a lot more content coming pretty soon. Cool. All right. Take care, everybody, and uh, we'll see you later. Bye, everyone.